is WrestleMania. No, it's not. It's Royal Rumble Sunday. That's a good start. I'm one of your hosts on this podcast, Barry Murphy. How you doing? It's the Share Shop Podcast. Joined, as always, by my ever-dependable co-host. First of all, Mr. Paul Griffin. Hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I'm doing really well here, as you can tell. Um. Uh. Also with us is Mr. Joe Towner. Hi there, Barry. How you doing? Welcome back. Thank you. Um, we've got a crazy week of stuff uh, to get to here. Uh, we've got live golf. We got telly golf. We got all the golfs you've always expected. Tons of wrestling news. Obviously, the Royal Rumble is tonight. We'll be previewing that uh, NXT Takeover to discuss XFL Dose. All right, um, that good stuff and. Paul, I don't know if you if you remembered. Oh. This is this is this will be your last chance chance to preview uh, OTT before next week. Ah, um, that's true. Uh, that that's next week, and there were some changes to the card that we shall discuss. So look forward to that. So yeah, so we have lots coming up this week. Who wants to kick things off? Joe Towner, how about you? What have you been up to, mate? It's been a, it's been a while. Oh well, I was off all um, off work last week and off the podcast. Uh, because my uh, wife decided to visit. Oh, the old ball and chain. Yeah. Um, that to, to keep her entertained. Um, I, actually, I was going to do the show on, on the Sunday. She was here, but then uh, there was last-minute change of plans, and then I couldn't do it during the week because we had lots of uh, dinner and cinema plans. Uh, okay. So, yeah, it was a good week. Uh, God, it's, I think it's the longest I've been off work since last, not this Christmas, but the previous Christmas. Right. So I had nine days off with no work, just having lions and watching totally brilliant, love it. Um, so it was good. Yeah, went to see some couple of movies at the cinema. Went to see uh, Hamilton, the hit uh, Broadway now West End show. Theater guff. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe touch on that. We don't have a dedicated uh, culture guff, but I'll put it in film guff maybe. Yeah, go off. Um, because they're a bit like a movie, aren't they? Yeah, like a live. Ah, uh, yeah. Basically. It's a live good, movie, really. But, you know. Yeah, I mean, Michelle was like, "Oh, did you like it?" And I was like, "Well, it was good, you know, for a musical. I mean, <laughs> it's no movie, you know what I mean?" <laughs> I think that's um, the, how the hierarchy yeah. goes, right? It's movie, musical, book. And then mime at the bottom, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Then wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> She's very much uh, the, the blue collar musical theatre, if you if you ask me. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was good. It was also her birthday on the Friday, so we went out for dinner. Oh, I had oh. a big old steak. Oh, I've been on this very healthy eating uh, diet the past couple of months. That all went out the window this week. Uh, I had a big steak with chips and sticky toffee pudding. Uh, and the day before that, I had about 80% of a uh, uh, thingy tub of Ben and Jerry's ice cream myself. Okay. And shall had a couple of spoonfuls. Um, yeah, so that, was, that was my week. Fat as a pig. Nice. Let her have a few spoonfuls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She doesn't eat much, which is lucky. <laughs> More for you. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know if you listened to last week's uh, show, Joe. In the in the meantime, I had no chance yet. 
too busy with movies and that and live movies and whatnot. Um, but I'm I'm dieting, uh, like yourself. Mm. Hoping to become a little slim Joe Towner. Um, mm. I've got a, bit, a way to go to catch up with you, though. I think. Mm. Um, you're already on the final lap. To use a Mario Kart analogy. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing, just in the victory lap. I'm just here bananaing into a wall. <laughs> um, so, but to be fair, to be fair, update. Uh, lost seven pounds so far. It's pretty good. Um, no, no little slip ups yet. I'm, mm. I've been very good. Um, I haven't had bread in about a week and a half. I haven't had any coke. Um, barring, you know, when you go to. When Natty got her teeth taken out, we were in Burger King before that. So mm. had, had, you had to have a little Coke down there. But um, typically, barring any special days, I, I've been very good. Royal Rumble today, I don't have any goodies. I don't have any Coke or crisps or... I might have an apple. What? I might have an apple during the Rumble. Um, are, you, are, you watching, are you watching it live? Yeah. Yeah, watching it live. I have tomorrow off. Oh. So live. And you're not, you're not going to have any sweets, mate. See, I'm wa- I'm watching it live, and I have my sweeties. I don't rub it in. Yeah, although although you you're the real winner because I don't have tomorrow off work, so. Well, yeah, I do have tomorrow off, so that's kind of. Yeah, nice. so you have you have that advantage, but I I I slept until two today, and I'll be having a little nap after this podcast, and so I'm hoping I will not be a complete wreck tomorrow. But last year I was like, I'm not going to watch it, and then I just couldn't. I was regretting it and I tossed and turned and I woke up and then I ended up watching it anyway. So mm. it was like, I, this year I'm like, look, I might as well just commit to watching it and try and get a bit of sleep beforehand. Um, I mean, I'm not going to waste a day off for, for the fucking World Rumble. Although one thing I will say, I just out of curiosity, just to see if there's anything in there, I went in the old promotions tab of the old Gmail just to see if WWE had sent me one of their uh, their begging emails. And uh, I resubbed for one month. Oh, no, three months for the price of one, rather. So I paid the monthly rate, and now I'm through all the way through mes- WrestleMania and a few weeks after that. Um, so that's good. Good to see that they're still extremely desperate and throwing <laughs> months away. Business is good as always. Um, so that's grand. So yeah, I'll be watching it live. Um, and and reg- regardless of how much sleep I get, I'm sure I'll regret it tomorrow. I don't get those uh, emails from the... Uh... From the network, like the please. Yeah, back. I've not had any of them. I don't get those. I don't know why. They, why, why Barry gets the little. We, well, we know Barry has the in with you know the Rock and all that, but yeah, yeah. And and my uh, numerous tweets to the Rock went unnoticed. Um, are you sure? Are you sure you have, like if you were to check your? So have you just to confirm you have previously subscribed and are now cancelled? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, you should have it in there. I'd the say. Last, I mean, I don't um, know. that's the ones I have I is. Uh, from from April 2016, I have uh, account alert, subscription expiring tomorrow, uh, which, you know, I, then I've just, you know, you have cancelled your subscription and will miss all upcoming pay-per-views. And then the next email I have was same day, new collections, May 2016. And I just never received any more emails. I don't know if I, did I accidentally click like unsubscribe or something, but I, I, don't, I don't know. Mm. I, don't, I don't get them is the point anyway. Um, nevertheless, my brother has an account, so we will be watching on his. So I mean, I don't need to have an account. I just find it interesting that I don't get the emails. 
But anyway, I always take the uh, the Monday after the Royal Rumble off and the Monday after WrestleMania off. It's like a little tradition. I've been doing it for the last three or four years. And uh, yeah, so I have tomorrow off. We'll stay up live. Stayed up and watched TakeOver live yesterday. That was great. Um, thoughts on that coming up. And I'll stay up and watch Royal Rumble uh, tonight. Probably won't be as good as TakeOver. Um, that would be hard. Yeah. Although I'm I'm excited for the two um the two rumbles. Oh well you're always excited for the rumble. The rumble's like the most fun match of the year. I'm very excited for the rumble, even though it probably be shit. I actually did resubscribe today as well. There you go. Um used a different email address to get myself a free month. Huh? Uh take that Vince. Who's <laughs> the real worker? Um yeah, so I'm looking forward to catching up on some stuff over the next couple of weeks as well. As in all of 2017. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll talk a bit more about the wrestling uh, later. But yeah, so Paul's, Paul's dieting, doing well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not, you know, and I'm uh, still not doing well. That's what, good. I was 197, <laughs> 197 pounds. And your, and your goal is what? You want to... Get to one eighty five. It would be my, okay. my first goal. You want to weigh as much as like AJ Lee. Well, let's not go crazy. I'd say crazy is her superpower, Paul. Uh, <laughs> what do you got me there? <laughs> Burn. Yeah, I think I probably probably a good. Uh, maybe if I could weigh the same as what what was Tony Nice weigh? Whatever he weighs. I don't, no, I'm not gonna. Lo- I'm not gonna look like Tony Nice, but Tony. No, Tony Nice must. With all that muscle, he looks like he's actually pushing the 205. Uh, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe uh, Mustafa Ali then. Maybe wait. Okay, maybe, that's, yeah, that's, that's a good goal. I, I want. <laughs> apparently, there was a great Ali Cedric Alexander match this week. Since I have the network now, I might watch that. Uh, I mean, I'd never watch 205. Never. Um, but I might <laughs> now. Um, now that I have this fucking subscription, you know, I might as well, you know, make make use of it. But uh, what about you, Joe? Are you dieting or are you like me? You're just going with it, man. No, I'm back on the diet as of tomorrow. Oh. Um, I don't know how, how, how much more dieter you can get, though, because you seem to be kind of in peak physical condition. Um, well, have you seen, have you seen Tony Nice? <laughs> <laughs> The right, I'm, I'm not laughing at the suggestion Joe is in good shape, but peak physical condition is an odd <laughs> choice of grades. Well, like, I mean, not, not Captain America. Yeah, but <laughs> dieting, I, I kind of feel like... Are, are you more so dieting to to maintain a look rather than to kind of try and lose more weight? Well, I'm not trying... Yeah, I'm not really trying to lose weight. It's more about just... Uh, Staying healthy. Reshaping. Yeah, health and just, you know, just be lean. Lean in 2018. That's the, right. the catchphrase. Hashtag. It is, is, uh, your end, is, is your end goal that one big gold body Mr. Burns had in that one Simpsons episode? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Why not? Stay away from fires, though, would be my advice. Mm. <laughs> For a second there, I thought you were going to reference the big gold Homer thing, which is my goal for 2018. <laughs> Look closer, Paul. 
But yeah, so I, I'm going to keep getting fat, by the way, just so everyone's clear on that. Um, so anyway, uh, back on the old uh, life guff here. Who put on this form here that they were doing a tax return? Please, let's talk about that for 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that was me as well. Okay. Um, so I do... I've, I've been doing a bit some kind of freelance work the past few years, and so you have to submit a, a self-assessment tax return every year. Dear. On but, well, the deadline is January thirty-first, so you can imagine when I started doing it about three hours ago. Um, yeah, so oh, it's a bit. Of, it's not that bad because I don't like have you know if you're if you are properly self-employed and you have I don't know business and costs and everything there's loads of calculations you have to do but i just have to like stick in a couple of numbers uh, so it's fairly easy except i now have to actually pay the tax on the money i earn uh in 2016-17 which obviously i've spent uh, ages ago that's gone forgotten about that um so 970 pounds tax bill uh thank you very much um which seems incredibly unfair but then I did get all the money, you see, so I don't, you know, yeah. hmm. it makes sense. It makes sense. So, yeah. So, but that's done for another year. Thank God. I can yeah. worry about that again in exactly 365 days. <laughs> Do yeah. exactly the so same thing. That's good. If the tax man is listening, all above board here yeah. on this podcast. You know what I'm, I'm wondering? What's uh, you know, um, people who are really successful on Patreon. Do you have yeah. to declare that? I guess I guess that depends on where you live, I suppose. Do you have to declare you're like if Patreon is like your living, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like who, who makes their living off it, like whatever the top podcasts are and stuff like that. But do you have to declare that? I imagine you have to. That's like, basically oh, yeah. you imagine, isn't it? Yeah, I, I assume I think you so. do. Yeah. If you're a, a popular podcaster who listens to this for some reason, uh, give us <laughs> a shout. You declare your. I mean, if you're in the states, you must because release like, your tax returns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that, I'd be very curious how that how that works. But anyway, I think that's so why Donald that. Trump hasn't released his tax returns. It's because he's actually making a fortune from Patreon. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's that's the ultimate money laundering scheme. Also, that's why Vince set up Alpha Entertainment Limited. It's actually just one big fucking crowdfunding <laughs> Kickstarter page. Vince is eating Tide Pods on YouTube and making a <laughs> 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 or on Tout. <laughs> Oh, they got they got a reference to that in on the wrestling this weekend. I was expecting them to be several months behind, but, but well, well done, well done, Vince. You're you're on on the cost or Triple H rather, it was on uh, NXT. But anyway, that's the old uh, uh, life guff there. It's going to jump straight into our various entertainment guff segments. Who has watched some telly this week? I haven't. I'm just me. Me and the missus are. Uh, persevering with the good place where we're a couple of episodes into season two really fantastic obviously as i mentioned but uh, nothing new who's uh who's watched some stuff this week? I've, I've watched a few new shows um so i watched the second season of a show called search party uh which was a show uh first season came out before sort of christmas last year or 2016 uh, and it was kind of a random show. It stars uh, maybe from Arrested Development in the, in the lead role. Um, and the whole storyline is she, a friend from college, is missing. And she decides to sort of take it upon herself to invest, you know, find out where this, what's happened to this girl. And she gets kind of embroiled in this mystery. And the first series was kind of real 
surprise or sleeper show. I just sort of, we put it on at Christmas and watched the whole thing in, in a day because it was, it was really, really good. Um, so as it was quite a success, they, they did a follow-up uh, season this year, kind of playing off the uh, outcome of the first season. Um, it was quite enjoyable, but not as good, I think, just because the first one worked well as a sort of standalone uh, you know, surprise hit. And then they tried to turn it into more of a longer running series. And it's a bit like, yeah, okay. It's lost the sort of charm that, that came mm. in the first season. Um, so I thought we enjoyed it. And I'm, I'm sure there'll be a third because they sort of left it on a cliffhanger. Um, yeah, and I watched it, but it, it didn't quite recapture the magic that the, the first one had. What uh, What's this on? Is it English, American? or It's on um, all four over here okay. so you can stream both seasons anyone who's got okay. access to that i think in america it's, I think it's on tbs or something so it's a, t- okay. it's a ted turner show oh um, yeah so i'd definitely recommend the first season if you haven't caught up with it yet it's, it's a really sort of fun show um to give that a go i also i've watched a bit of the good place mm-hmm. um because well i had to watch all of michelle's shows so i had to watch <laughs> I was going to say it's it's a very Michelle show. It's a very Michelle yeah. show, and it's an NBC show. So you know, yeah, exactly. So I had to watch The Good Place, Riverdale, and oh god, um, don't tell the midwife or call the midwife, whatever that's called. I don't know. It's I BBC vaguely show. know what. Yeah, vaguely the, the know midwife, that is. the midwife show or whatever. Yeah, so I do. I've seen The Good Place before. I kind of enjoyed it, but it wasn't like you know top of my list or anything. Yeah. Um, I just had it on now. Actually, I was kind of burning through the, the first season just in the background, and it's yeah, it's enjoyable enough, you know. Yeah. It's, um, that's quite good. Um, I also watched. We also tried to watch the end of the fucking world. Mm. I think that's what it's called, isn't it? Uh, yeah. On Netflix, couldn't get past the first episode. Found it unbearable, to be honest. So. <laughs> really. Yeah. Just uh, I don't know the characters, the premise, and everything. Uh, it just wasn't wasn't for me. Um, yeah. that's a shame because that sounded good but yeah I don't think I'll be going back to that one but yeah decent, decent week of telly nothing for you Paul no I don't watch telly anymore <laughs> what you used, you used to watch all your little cartoons mate what are you talking about you used to have a spreadsheet for Y five O episodes oh I did sorry I did watch um, I did watch that American Dad episode so I did finally watch that that was pretty good and I watched the odd episode of the Grand Tour with Jeremy Clarkson and that, but no one wants to hear about that because he is a racist. <laughs> yeah. It's true. He, as uh, I, I, I was watching on YouTube, um, like down the YouTube rabbit hole, but like just clip random clips of Top Gear, and yeah, one of them from one of the early seasons, just full on, uh, over the top novelty Chinaman voice. Oh no! I was like, oh, that, there we go. <laughs> um, Problematic Paul, that's your new name. I'm not. I'm not the one on the show. Problematic that's Clarkson, the- sure. Well, that's fine. That's that's actually the nicest word to describe him. But you know, yeah. I mean, I I I, I get a little kick out of watching these. Oh, these, does it see? Oh, wait, wait, hang on. These 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 not. I I. I, I think I've said before in this podcast one of my favorite things to watch is just like Alex Jones rants. Well, that's yeah, everyone likes that. That's great. 
Um, I don't know. I, I, I get a kick out of watching these kind of horrible people for whatever reason. I don't know. My my uh, my <laughs> my favorite one was um, uh, the when Alex Jones is like walking down the street and he has like obvious like people he's he's put up to this come up and like insult him in the street and he chases them down the street. It's like an NXT uh, segment. And one of them was wearing a WWE shirt. Oh yeah, and, I remember that. Do you yeah, remember yeah, that yeah, he yeah. was the ugliest, most malformed looking person? So a uh, yeah, well, that's just it. It's like, okay, he's one, on top of everything else, he's an Alex Jones stooge, you know, <laughs> this fucking work for him. T- two, he's the ugliest human I've ever seen in my entire life. And three, like, he's a wrestling fan, which which just confirms all that other stuff. There you go. But yeah. So, uh, no, what was the t-shirt? I need, to, I need to find that clip. Now. It, was, it was a Battleground t-shirt. Oh, um, so it was like it wasn't even like Austin three sixteen where you're like okay fair enough like it's a ubiquitous shirt. It's like no, this is a nerd. This is a full on nerd who probably went to that show and got that shirt. Um, you know. So anyway. <laughs> um, so uh, we see here we move on there to uh, game guff. Uh, I played an exciting new game this week. I think it's kind of one of my one of my early favorites of the year. I'm only a couple of hours into it, but I played uh, Celeste, sure. which is a uh, 2D platformer. Paul, did you ever play Towerfall? Uh, no, I can't say I did. I know about I, Towerfall, though. Yeah, yeah, it's it's one of one of my me and my friends' favorite things to play together. It's like a uh, super competitive local multiplayer thing kind of party game uh, those folks have made celeste which is like a completely different thing like they've just gone complete o- other direction with this extremely hard 2d platformer with like speed running elements in it there's like a speed runner mode and stuff and uh there's lots of stat tracking in it every time every time you beat a, a world for lack of a better term it counts up how many deaths you had and how many um secrets you found and all this other stuff so it's super super competitive it is really fantastic it's, it's very basic there's not a whole lot to it you have a jump and a dash and the ability to grip onto walls um, and a very very limited grip meter uh, so, so not a lot to play with but um, the, the level design is fantastic I can't remember a game that made me like yell out loud in my like like actually yell out loud as much as this game I am just forever swearing and just giving myself kind of a really uh, like the opposite of a pep talk just how I'm letting myself down and I'm disappointing everyone including you know the no one else in the room uh, <laughs> Celeste. it's just it's like it's super super tough it's kind of you know it kind of scratches that meat boy uh, itch a little bit and like that game it's like when you die you instantly respawn there's no downtime it's it's designed for you to kind of die over and over again and just keep playing um, but it's really fantastic big big recommendation so far um, and it also has a, a, a weirdly intriguing story. Um, uh, you're, you're playing as this character called Madeline who's climbing this mountain called Celeste, and um, there's there's some intrigue as to why she's doing it, and she meets some very weird characters along the way. I, I was not expecting uh, uh, the, the kind of intriguing story threads that it has, but yeah, they're definitely there. Um, so I'm, I'm playing that, and I got that on the good old Nintendo Switch um, which is which is cool. I'm glad that that you know, like the big games are coming out same day on the Switch. Um, also, Dead Cells coming out soon, which I'm looking forward to. It's like one of the hot early access games from last year. Um, 
getting a same day release when they when they when they leave early access. That's cool. So yeah, played that. And I started Yakuza Kiwami, which I talked about last week. We had the Yakuza conversation. Seems like more of the same. Definitely feels kind of like, you know, almost feels like here's like a mission pack of Yakuza 1, but in the Yakuza 0 engine. And um, I'm enjoying that, but I'm still early on it yet, so I, I don't have many takes. But uh, yeah, uh, what about yourself, Paul? What are you playing this week? Uh, I put about 10 more hours into Assassin's Creed. Um, I'm, I think I'm about 23. 324 hours in now. Um, my brother incidentally platinumed Assassin's Creed yesterday. What? That seems like it would require a hundred hours. Sixty-seven. Whoa! That's actually that's actually like that's more reasonable than I would have um, uh, uh, expected, just yeah. based on like size of the map alone. I'm just going into Giza now for the first time. Um, so, um, yeah, 20, 23, 24 hours, somewhere in that range. Level 27, I think. And, um, yeah, I, I find now I spend a lot more time on the horse. I don't know why earlier in the game I kind of would just run from place to place. I don't, I have no idea why. But uh, using the horse is definitely a lot faster. Um, and I kind of feel now that I'm getting properly better at the game. Like, a lot of enemies i can i can kind of dispatch enemies a lot more easily not because of my power my character is necessarily any more powerful just I, I kind of feel like i'm have a better hand of the handle on the controls now than i did before um and yeah i'm getting now and i see the pyramids and stuff it's not i'm kind of i feel like i can get into the game part of the game now where aside from alexandria which is early on part of the game now we see all the kind of cool egyptian kind of mm. landmarks and stuff the, the nile obviously is is there on the right hand side of the map uh, a, lot of, a lot of stuff takes place in the Nile um, but yeah I'm still kind of going through my, my routine of going to a new area um, finding all the question mark locations beating, beating them all and then going kind of through all the quests so like I say I'm just going now into Giza I'm just starting the hyena um, quest the main quest so uh, I was looking at a walkthrough I'm, I'm about halfway through the main quest um, so I would, I would estimate that I'll, I'll probably clock in about 50, 60 hours and then see where I am with regards to the platinum and maybe push on for a few more just to kind of finish up with that. Um, with regards to Celeste, I saw obviously IGN gave Celeste the big, the big six stars. Um, wait, did they, what did that, wait, what did they give it? They gave it a 10. Oh really? Wow. Yeah, the the third ten of the last twelve months after Odyssey and Zelda. Really? Wow, I did not realise it was getting that level I heard it was great, but I did not realise it was getting that level of acclaim. Yeah, I Jen gave it a big ten. Um I don't know, I I don't think I'm I'm gonna play Celeste. Even with the reviews being that high. I just have a um I don't know, I just that that, that kind of eight bit visual style really doesn't appeal to me for whatever reason i kind of feel like because i never had an, an nes although i did have a commodore mm, I, I, well i mean neither I, did i i mean it's it's there's you know but i just don't like i just don't like that kind of simplistic art style for whatever reason i think i think in my mind there are two art styles that i don't think hold up very well which are nes era and n64 ps1 era yeah um so i, I would much much prefer a kind of more detailed 16-bit style than kind of the 8-bit style that they seem to be going for. 
Um, so I don't know. Um, I do. I uh, did have, for whatever reason, the other day, a really strong urge to play Persona. Because I feel like I've just been he- hearing so much about Persona 5, Persona 5, Persona 5, that I think down the line something that I will have to play before kind of the end of the, the PS4 generation. Um, and I, I realize that's a very, very big game, <laughs> like 100-hour game. But I think I think I think I will maybe after I play um Hellblade and Okami. I think I might play uh, a little bit of Persona. I think I will. I would think I think I'll wait for it to be on sale cuz I I had a look on the store and it is 70 70 euro. Um so once that goes down to maybe 40 50 I'll probably pick that up as well and play that. It's also super long as well. Yeah, well if it's if it's good if if a game is really good, I don't mind to play it for a very long time. Like Horizon, I think I played for about sixty hours. Zelda was a hundred and ten. Uh, Odyssey is fifty five, and I'm about twenty, like I said, twenty five into Assassin's Creed. So I don't mind to play a game for a long time if it's really really good. Which is well, people who play Persona, all the people that I've heard who are, who play it, just like get totally totally addicted to it. So. I wouldn't mind that. Sounds good to me. Alrighty. Uh, That appears to be all the games we have to discuss. Got a big movie golf week, though. Uh, We had the Oscar nominees come in, which obviously means old uh, Pauly Griffoids over there is going to be diving into a whole lot of films in the, uh, the coming weeks. What do you watch so far, Paul? Right, well, the Oscar nominees came out on Tuesday, so five days ago. Uh, the list initially when it came out is, and again, let me just quickly run through the categories that I watch are Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor in a Leading Role, Best Supporting Actor, Actress in a Leading Role, Supporting Actress, Original Screenplay, Adapted Screenplay, and Animated Film are the nine categories that I kind of pay particular attention to uh the full list of movies across those nine categories 23 movies is that uh, is that including or not including um wonder woman no wonder woman is not one of the 23 movies it what (laughs) (laughs) i've already seen wonder woman anyway um so i I would not necessarily watch it again Uh, of the 23 movies i had seen five uh, the five that I, that I had seen were Dunkirk, Get Out, Logan, uh, The Boss Baby, and The Disaster Artist. Uh, which leaves uh, leaves me 18 movies to watch. And uh, since Tuesday, I've watched two and a half of them. Mm. Um, because I was watching one when we started recording. So I'm going to finish it up maybe afterwards or tomorrow. Um, so... Uh, I watched first of all uh, Lady Bird which I can't remember with all Barry's reviews over the last few weeks that one that you've you've watched Barry no it's not out here yet um, oh uh, don't say that oh, oh no I mean I mean um, oh oh, Paul I, I don't know why you, oh oof. this is awkward we've, we've squared away our business with the tax man no no when, when you said it's not out yet you meant it you meant it lyric right Oh yes, this uh, barren wasteland of a city. Yeah, for 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 listeners who don't know, Limerick get movies uh, 
two or three months after the rest of the island. That's what Barry was referring to there. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're kind of like the opposite of like the Arab Emirates. <laughs> In what sense? They get movies early. Oh, and they also have lots of money. <laughs> How dare you, sir? <laughs> so I watched Lady Bird. Lady Bird is um, the Saoirse Ronan movie. Yes. What age is Saoirse Ronan out of interest? That's Saoirse Ronan? Yeah. 28. 24. Uh, 20, I would guess 26, 27. Uh, 23. <laughs> 27? <laughs> 23. Well, I don't know, do I? Jeez. She plays a... Um... Lady Bird. <laughs> she plays like a high school teenager in this. So one of those... One of those uh, movies where all the, it's like, um, what's the <laughs> fucking bug eye actor? What's his name? <laughs> hello, hello, children. It's uh, Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. It's kind of like that, but not as bad, I suppose. It's not jarring. She does she does play it quite well. Um, so it's essentially a movie about teenage angst and the stupid stupid decisions teenagers make and kind of the relationship between her and her mother and um i think how much you enjoy lady bird is will kind of depend on how much you can you can relate to the characters and the the kind of circumstances in the movie because i i know me personally um there were a lot of things in the movie that i could directly link to things that have happened to me during my teenage years so i found it almost kind of an analogy for my own life on that level. Um, Saoirse Ronan is very good in it. Also, the the actress who plays her mother. I can't remember her name. Let me just look it up real fast. Where are you? This is Ronan. Laurie Metcalf. She'd probably get the Oscar because she was fantastic in it. Um yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of a drama comedy. It is very funny. Um, I also really like the performance of her friend in it, who is called, the actress's name is, uh, Beanie Feldstein. No, I don't know her. <laughs> she was also Neighbours 2. That movie's not very good. But she's she was good in it. She, she was funny as well. And, um, yeah, there, was, there were aspects of, like, you know, the, the uncool teenager kind of gets an in with the cool gang and, and leaves her friends behind and then comes crawling oh, back no. later on. You know, the, those those things that teenagers do. And, oh. um... I mean, central to the movie is kind of the relationship between her and her mother. And she's kind of a, a weird, out there, not not quite arty teenager, but kind of a, a, a person who thinks that she's way more creative and intelligent than maybe she is. Um... Mm. Yeah, the the movie definitely um, peaks towards the end. There's one scene in particular which um, really, really kind of put it over the top for me as like a great Oscar nominee. And then, okay. in typical Paul Griffin form, <laughs> I thought the last five minutes or so were quite inconsequential. Oh no, boy! But not 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 to the same level of that. It, it kind of lessened the movie. It's just the movie has this kind of natural ending and then there's like a five minute i guess epilogue that really didn't didn't doesn't give you any extra insight or anything like that but it, it's a really good movie 
for sure. Um, good start to my Oscar watching. Gave it, yeah. Gave it a big eight out of ten. Big eight ski. Um, so yeah, definitely. If you're interested in Saoirse and her exploits over in the US as a little Irish man, I definitely enjoyed on that level. But also, if if you had a anyway kind of turbulent teenage life, then you rec- you, oh. you relate to it. As well, well, I I I, I, w- I won't relate, so that's fine. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, next movie was The Big Sick. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, no- I noticed someone else put on their list as well as having watched yeah, it. Yeah, I watched this year. I watched it yesterday. Have you seen The Big Sick, Barry? I have, yes. Yeah. Um, I thought The Big Sick was fantastic. Yes. Oh. A hot take. Yeah, I mean. I don't know if there's much there's there's a lot I can say about it. I, f- I guess one little criticism I guess I'd have about it was that the movie tonally felt kind of very realistic and very serious it, it, even though it was kind of funny like the, the 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 tone and the topic was very serious and then you had kind of the the wacky friend who was like a, a shite comedian who no one liked I just kind yeah. of felt like that thread didn't really fit with what the rest of the movie was doing. Um, and that kind of could have been left out completely. Because <laughs> um, that kind of gave it an, a, a little edge of kind of meanness to his character. It kind of at some points made it harder to sympathize with him mm. when they all treated the, his friend so bad. You know, like they moved to New York and they're just like, leave him behind. That, that kind of didn't sit perfectly with me. But um, aside from that, yeah, Zoe Kazan... I thought she was very good in it, and uh, yeah, it's funny how you you watch it and you see this kind of relationship develop while one of the people in the relationship is kind of not there. I thought that yeah. that aspect of it was very very interesting, because then obviously that leads to the conflict of she wakes up and this whole development, this whole character development has taken place, and she's kind of missed it all essentially, and how she how she reacts to that is very interesting. Um, and yeah, I thought all the, all the performances were really good. Um, funny to see Ray Romano in it with a beard. Yeah, I didn't realize he was in that before I saw it. I, I found it hard to understand what he was saying at some points, to be honest. <laughs> well, he was basically just, you know, enthusing to people that he was walking here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I quite like the um, Nanjiani family. Uh, there's a little bit of big, big fat Greek wedding to it. I, th- I thought, um, big fat um, Pakistani wedding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like the the mother particularly, and the, oh, who could that be? Um, every time someone's at the door, she bring in the. That was great. The arranged yeah. marriage. Um, oh, yeah. That was kind of the more, that was the more kind of compelling aspect of the film to me was. Less to do with, oh no, one of these people in this relationship is in a coma and more to do with he doesn't know how to really explain to his family that he's in a relationship with a white girl. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I I did like the kind of pressures put on him by the family and how he kind of had to, on one hand, manage his relationship with Emily and... Then she like she finds the the pictures of all the arranged marriages. And then on the other hand, how he how he manages his family and the the expectations on him. He has like also 
the uh, the lawyer exams that he's kind of putting off doing, and he doesn't want to do it. Um, mm-hmm. He doesn't pray, for example. He's not really a Muslim. Um, yeah, just I, I, I thought it was great. Um, I didn't I didn't go to full ten on it. I just gave gave it a nine, but I did think it was extremely good. Um, I liked I liked all the stand up stuff in it as well. It reminded me of um, Louis, which is a very good show, which was ruined by diddling. Um, ah. Yeah, I just thought I thought I thought it was really great. Yeah, I it found was, it quite one of the mill. Oh really? Oh really? Aww. Yeah, I didn't didn't dislike it, but I I wasn't sort of taken by the story or the characters or anything. I did like, as you pointed out, the whole kind of uh, idea of one person, you know, not not being there, not being present for the kind of. Uh, as is one of the other characters goes through their arc but what I kind of felt with that was when she came out of the coma I kind of felt that we'd already been through the, the journey right? and then there was this whole other act almost where, where you deal with that and I was kind of like well to be honest I feel like I've already reached the end of the story here I think that either needed to be earlier or later because for me I was just kind of eh it was like I got to the, the finish, but then they'd done another like five minutes of, of near falls. Yeah, it, it, like, it does kind of feel like the whole move to New York is just it does feel a bit tacked on to the end. To yeah. Um, I did laugh fair bit. Yeah, it does have quite a few funny moments. It's quite charming. Um, yeah, but I, I like, you know, I wouldn't go Oscar crazy for it or anything. Well, it was only nominated for Best uh, Original Screenplay. Yeah, it's it's not up there for best picture, best actor, or anything. Um, Then the third movie is, uh, which I again I haven't finished yet. I'm only an hour into it. Is uh, Darkest Hour, which Mm -hmm. is the uh, Gary Oldman Churchill biopic. Um, Enjoyed it so far. I'm an hour in. Uh, Gary Oldman's really good as Churchill. When I saw the trailer for it, I kind of felt like it was a little bit cartoonish and kind of mm. jowl wobbling Churchill. <laughs> but um, he's actually he's actually very very good in it. <laughs> to be fair, um, the scene the best scenes so far are the ones that kind of take place in the Parliament like meeting because mm. it's kind of shot like a like an old boxing match. Like, you know, when you see clips of like the old uh, Muhammad Ali fights, you have like the crowd seem like they're like mm. almost looming over the ring and it's kind of shot in this black and white with just the spotlight coming down. It, it, and it's kind of like this, this smoky atmosphere. That's kind of what it feels like you're watching. It feels like you're watching yeah. a real kind of fight more than just two, two political parties kind of going back and forth. And I think those scenes are really great. Um, that being said, there's a lot of characters in it, uh, and a lot of them are kind of interchangeable. I like aside from Churchill, mm-hmm. you have um, Ben Mendelsohn plays uh, the king, whoever the king was at the time, and then you have kind of the other, you know, uh, politicians and you have, like Ch- Neville Chamberlain and so on. I find a lot of them. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard for me to keep track of who's who, <laughs> just because there's so many of them, and they're not especially distinguishable either mm. visually or like with their personality so in that sense it's not as easy to follow but um 
what I found interesting about it is, although it's obviously a film about Churchill and Gary Oldman as Churchill is kind of front and center, it seems like the movie actually is, you're, you're kind of seeing it more through the eyes of Lily James' character. She plays his, um, I don't know whether it's his, what is his secretary or she's, she's like writing down a speech, maybe yeah. she's a speechwriter. Um, no, his secretary. Okay, I'm, I'm just looking on Wikipedia here. Her, her, yeah. His new secretary, Elizabeth Layton. She plays uh, Elizabeth Layton, and it kind of you're kind of seeing seeing more so the film from her point of view. So it's maybe more a film about her um, and her experience with Churchill, as opposed to it being a purely Churchill movie, uh, which I didn't expect. But um, maybe too early to put a score on it. But I'm kind of feeling it's right in and around the kind of seven between a seven and an eight somewhere in there. It is definitely good, and and Oldman's performance is definitely kind of elevating it. Um, without him, I think it would be quite boring and quite nondescript. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's definitely added this kind of charisma to it that I don't think it would otherwise really have. Um, so that's where I am so far. So I still have uh, 14, no, wait, 15, 15 and a half movies still to watch by the, f- I think it's the 4th of March when the Oscars are. So if I can watch... Between three or four a week, I'll I should be all ready to go by the time the Oscars roll around. Uh, and I'm obviously Ooh. going to try and see as many in the cinema as I can. So I'm going to see Coco yeah. in the cinema. Going to see, um, hopefully the Post in the cinema. Uh, I know that there's like a good five or six of them on the list that are out now in the cinema. So I will try and get make my way out to to see them. Phantom Thread, I want to see in the cinema as well. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of good stuff out at the moment. Yeah. So that's what I've seen. Uh, I watched a couple of movies. I watched Split, which is the latest movie from M Night Shyamalan. It was really boring. Oh. Uh, for a movie with such a unique and bizarre premise and a um, really, really great performance by by James McAvoy. I thought it was supremely dull. There is a there is a sort of um, there's a an, an arc where basically his character is seeing a therapist, and the therapist is like um, you know kind of making a, a case study out of him and talking about how. Uh, the different personalities have different physical traits and how it's um, uh, it, this may be the closest humans will come to discovering real supernatural abilities, which tipped their hat towards the final act of the film, which I was not looking forward to. Um, there's, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the girls who he kidnaps. If you're not familiar with the film, basically James McAvoy plays a person with 23 different personalities. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, he, I say they, he kidnaps three teenage girls for reasons that are unclear and remain unclear for the whole film. Um, uh, and and it basically just goes from there. Um, there is a supernatural tinge to it, especially in the, in the final third, none of which I thought was especially compelling. Um, the 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 protagonist of of the girls who were kidnapped. I don't remember any of their names. Um, kind of has a really like tacked on story that that I didn't 
didn't click with me at all. I just thought the whole thing was boring. A lot of the dialogue was super awkward. Um, uh, and, and I just, I was struggling to keep paying attention through most of it. Um, I did not like it at all. Um, other than, other than a, a cool idea and a good performance. Um, and there, there, there is a, I wouldn't even call it a twist because it's, it's not, it's not a typical twist that you might expect from, from Shyamalan. It's more a, uh, uh, an interesting tidbit they stick in in what is kind of a post credit scene that's like cool but like i would you know it's just it's it doesn't doesn't didn't kind of save the rest of the film for me but yeah i didn't enjoy it at all uh i i know i think i i'm probably the low man on that i know lots of people are like this is the comeback of Shyamalan. this is best film in years and it's like i i just thought it was so boring and i, I it didn't click with me at all so thumbs down on that uh, I watched I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore, which is a Netflix film. Uh, and it is really, really great. I really loved it. Um, it is basically kind of like Blue Ruin, which is a great film, uh, with a more kind of darkly comedic twist to it. Blue Ruin's kind of like a kind of gritty, realistic revenge film. Like, it's a revenge movie, but it's not like an over-the-top action thing. It's more kind of grounded in reality and and this is very much one of those it's about this kind of this lady who's like a pushover who, who doesn't stand up for herself whose house gets burglarized and and her yeah, family antiques get stolen and it's kind of about how she goes about getting getting them back and how she accidentally gets caught up in the criminal underworld al- uh, along the way it's really great it's really funny um it's really well shot it looks fantastic it's it's it was really great uh, easily the best Netflix film I've seen to date. Um, the only the only uh, uh, shortcoming it had that I could really see, I can't really spoil it because it's something that kind of happens in the climactic um, uh, battle, for lack of a better term. Again, I, I don't want to give away what it is, but there's some kind of awkward editing. Uh, I can't I can't explain what it is because it's 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 literally impossible to explain what it is without just saying what happens at the end of the film. But you, if anyone watches this after hearing this review, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. There's a very awkward set piece of sorts at the end of the film that just does not really work, and and it's and, it, and it's the climax, which which sucks. Um, but other than that, it was really fantastic, and uh, Elijah Wood is in it, and he's playing as he seems to just only do these days. He's playing an eccentric fucking weirdo um, <laughs> uh, with a with a rat tail haircut. Um, uh, uh, yeah, it's really great. It's it's uh, like I said, one of the best uh, Netflix films I've seen uh, so far. So yeah, thumbs up on that, and that's all I've seen so far. Mm. Um, I saw a couple of films at the actual cinema. Oh, what? Um, first one was uh, Coco, the okay. newest Pixar movie, which is about little Mexican fella. Uh, he wants to be a musician. His family don't want him to be. They want him to go into the family business and make shoes. And he's like, uh-uh. Um, and it's also, it's all about um, the Mexican Day of the Dead, which is when uh, you have to, like, remember all the people that have died so that their memories live on and all that. Mm. And so it, it's, it's, all, it's all this sort of stuff, and it's about family and about uh, legacy and about tradition and I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, one of the better Pixar releases, I think, of recent years. Certainly since the you know original era of classics. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I'd recommend it. It's very colourful, very kind of novel concepts as well. Sort of, you know, going into the Me- that Mexican culture and that whole Day of the Dead thing is is very different to anything they've done before. Uh, so it looked fantastic. Some really good songs and very emotional as well. So I, I enjoyed it a lot. Did you do a little tear? Might have done at the end. With a little tear. Yeah, I'm only human after all. Wasn't there um, wasn't there a, a, a an animated movie that came out like a few years ago, um, which was about the Day of the Dead as well? Wasn't the Pixar one? Um, yeah, by um, what's yeah, his name? The Book of Life. Yeah, Book of Life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very very similar. I mean, people, yeah, I was listening to the Kermode and Mayo podcast last week, and they they discussed this. There's a lot of people have been comparing the two and suggesting. Um, Coco was. Mm, inspired by that one, but I don't know. Both both good films. Uh, maybe maybe check both out. Yeah, Coco was good. Um, and then I also saw my fifty third Tom Hanks uh, feature film, Ooh. The Post, um, which was what well, probably one of his best films I'd say of the last decade. Um, he's been in well, quite a few stinkers, to be honest. So I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say that's an impressive thing. But when you say it in the last ten years, it's like, okay, I can't yeah. recall what I've really seen that blew me away from him. Yeah, it's a low bar. Um, but yeah, it was good. I thought his performance and Meryl Streep's performance were, were both very good in the sense that they they weren't just playing, you know, the A-list Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep that you'd expect. They were, they felt like real characters, and their interactions were great. Um, the story is kind of interesting. It's about Vietnam and the release of secret papers. Um, the government tries to block from being published. It's about journalism and how far you're willing to go as a journalist to get the truth out there and are you willing to break the law, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I don't think it told the story that in, in that compelling of a way. Um, it was kind of interesting, but, but not even on the same level as something like Spotlight which I've rewatched many times and have grown to appreciate far more than when I first saw it. So I think that's a great movie. Yeah, you're, so you're, it's not you're on that kind of level. And you really like the big short as well. Which those two, those two. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That was, what a year. What a year for movies, whatever year that was. Um, so yeah, the post, I give it a, I give it a thumbs up. It was, it was good. Not great. Uh, in, interesting, good performances. So yeah, check that out. There you go. Alrighty. Uh, do you want to jump into our emails here? I have an email that I can jump into. Go for it. Let's see here. There we go. Some Scott. He says, here are the predictions I'd like to get from everyone. Uh, okay. Does the winner of Money in the Bank successfully cash in? I can't even remember who I predicted to win. So I'm just uh, going to say they've had a couple of flops lately. So I'm going to just say yes. Um, so that's that's my. Uh, 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 yeah, I think yes as well. Um, yeah, just Bray Wyatt, and I can't see him not uh, not winning. Mm. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Paul? Say it again. Uh, does the winner of Money in the Bank successfully cash in? 
<sighs> yeah. This is the, ma- right. the man's one, I assume, not the women's one. Yeah. Uh, does Ric Flair live to see 2019? Oh, bloody hell. That's a little bit morbid, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I'm going to say yes. I will also say yes. Uh, go on, Paul. I'm thinking. I'm looking at his Wikipedia here. <laughs> oh, you look, what, how serious was that disease he was battling earlier in the year? <laughs> well, he, he nearly went last year, didn't he? Yeah, I mean he's he's sixty eight. It's not he's sixty eight, but he's he's got so many years miles for... on on the carries. Really seventy eight. Mm. That works. Okay, so <laughs> how that works is it? I'll take a risky, sad one, uh, and say no. Ah, oh, Paul, terrible. Anyway, name one man and one woman who is cut the week after Mania. I don't think they're going to cut anyone. No, I don't think so. They don't. They don't normally. They don't really cut people. They they don't really cut people anymore like that. They all just they all get bored and leave. Mm. If they were, and doesn't I feel like the week after Mania is especially precise, as opposed to being one person, one man, one woman who gets cut this year. Um, I would I would say Zack Ryder is probably not long for the the old wrestling world. Um, oh. Oh, here comes Scott Steiner, Royal Rumble early. <laughs> Holla, if you hear me. <laughs> One woman. Um, uh, I don't know that they can afford. They've just t- loaded the roster with women. I don't t- think they can really cope. Yeah, Tamina, I'll say. Nah, they'll keep her around. She's useless. Her dad's a, you know. A, a murderer. A, a, murderer. <laughs> a murderer that they like. I think they like feel bad for and want to keep around, you know. Um <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't think they're cutting anyone. That's my, I guess. Uh, a de- uh, dead murderer. I I'll say uh, Page and Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> uh, does WWE do a women's elimination chamber? I'll say yes. Mm. You, you didn't pick any released names, by the way. I don't think there's going to be one. That's my guess. Ah, uh, well, you don't get any points for that then. No, that's no, that's fine. not fair because it's it's ninety nine percent chance that there will be nobody released. Well, then you should pick that, shouldn't you, <sighs> Scott? That doesn't count if he. Oh, oh, Scott, Scott! I'm tattling on Barry. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyway, that's here a... is the is a women's cage match happening thing. Um, when is elimination, elimination chamber? Next month. It's in February. Is it women's? Are they um, doing a women's one? Is that what you said? Yeah. Oh, uh, I'm going to say no. I think they will. Mm. <laughs> How about you, Paul? Is it, is it, too, uh, is it too soon after the Rumble to, to have another Stephanie McMahon comes out and goes... Oh, God. I hope, for the love of God, I hope she doesn't do that. But I, I think they will do one. No, I don't think they will. I don't think there's any need to. Because they already have okay. their WrestleMania match made then. Although, fair enough, you never know. They could, they could. Yeah, the Rumble winner faces the winner of the Chamber. That's the way they did it with the men for a few years. Was the title yeah. was always on the line? Chamber. No, I, I don't think but, they. I don't think they'll do women's. Fair enough. Fair enough. So that's two no's. I'm going yes on that one. Uh, next question from Scott: Is TNA still on broadcast and or cable TV at the end of 2018, or will it be Twitch or internet only? I'm, I'm going to say they'll still be on TV. They'll still be on. They'll still be on Pop. 
I'd say. They might, uh, you, uh, a company of that size, if you're not on TV, you might as well shut your doors. You know what I mean? It's like, I, and I know, I know that's like a cliche thing to say about TNA, but I, I, I don't know what, um, what they're even doing if they're, if they're going to be on Twitch only. Mm. But, um, yeah, fair still enough. On still on telly? Still on, yeah. Still on telly, yeah. Uh, does Maurice wrestle again in 2018? Um, that's actually someone who I haven't even. Th- oh no, was, I was about to say I haven't thought about for the rumble, but she just gave birth to a child, so I guess that's out of the question. No, she, um, did she give birth already? She's pregnant for sure. Is she, oh, she was she, she was on Raw last week? Yeah, well, she's she, she like six months or something. She's yeah. extremely pregnant. Whatever. She's one of those things. Uh, <laughs> I, I got confused. Yeah. Uh, Melissa Santos just had a baby. That's what I'm getting confused with. Mariso uh, Santos. That's the one. No, Melissa Santos, you fuck. I did not say Mariso Santos. No, but you thought it was Maurice for some reason. Yeah, I don't know why. Barry, well, Bar- of- Barry getting his ethnics mixed up. Weird, isn't it? Yeah, the two completely different ethnicities. Yeah. Uh, either side of America, the French Canadians <laughs> and the Mexicans. What's the difference? They all sound the same to me, says Barry Murphy. There's, lo- there's loads of preggers at the moment, because Maria Canellis is also <laughs> preggers. There's loads of preggers. There is. A bit redundant, though. A little bit reductive. Loads uh, of them. No. Hey, there's loads of them broads knocked up these days. <laughs> <laughs> no, in the wrestling world there is, I'm saying. Well, three, sure. That Three, like, big names. Well, two and Melissa Santos. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, so we all... Uh, I don't know <laughs> that. No, no, no. Uh, no. No, she, I, don't, I don't think so. Uh, she barely well, re- she barely wrestled as it was. Never mind. Yeah, she had, she's, she's had one match since she came back, so I don't. I don't and she's not probably going to miss Mania season, so I'd say no. Um, will Hulk Hogan be welcome back into the WWE? Will he show up on Raw or SmackDown? I'm going to say no. If they didn't bring him back from Raw 25, I'd say they they are not yet over that whole situation. So I I think that's a no for me. I think yeah, I think yeah. I think I say yes. I say it'll be a. It'll be a, a, a Bruno situation where Vince just wants to be happy with everyone before he kicks the bucket and he'll bring Hogan back. Just for one little... Because they didn't need him for Raw 25. They had 100 people on it. They're, well, that's just it. They could have they, they they cut half of those jabrones and brought Hogan in if they cared. Yeah, I think... I think we'll see Hogan sooner than later. Alrighty. Uh, and Joe, you were a no on that, weren't you? Um, I'll say no. I don't think it's worth it. They don't. What, what do they really get? I'll bring Hogan back. That's true. It's not going to affect business. It's just going to bring negative publicity. So, what's the point? Uh, let me see here. Does anyone on the NXT roster, as of the thirty first of December, twenty eighteen, so basically any anyone who's on the roster at any point this year? Win a WWE title in 2018. If so, for a bonus point, whom? Uh, I will say yes, uh, because NXT people seem to get belts fairly quickly on the main roster, I've noticed. Um, I will say yes, and I will say Andrade Cien Almas. Really? Well, will win a, a I think he'll be I think he'll get an IC title or US title very quickly uh, upon debuting so the, the question was just so I understand is someone who is currently on the NXT roster 
Or yeah, what? anyone who, who is on the NXT roster from now until the end of this year, will they make the jump to the main roster and win in, at, also in this year? And win a title of any... A, a title of any variety, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I could see that happening for sure. Um, or, authors of Pain. Good guess, good guess. I'll say... I'll say yes, of course. Um, who... Yeah, I might I might go um Hmm. I'm I'm leaning more towards maybe one of the women um No, okay, I'll go I'll go I'll go Eric Young. I think I did Eric Young for my pick to be brought up in the first place. So I'll say I can see sanity being brought up and winning tag titles. Mm. Smackdown or something. Mm. Okay. Uh, and the last question here. Scroll down here a little bit. Uh, does anyone on the indies make the jump straight to WWE without spending time in NXT? If so, whom for a bonus point? <sighs> We're gonna we're gonna discount Ethan Carter on this one because he just showed up on TV. So that's mm. Lashley, maybe. Uh, good guess. Good guess. Because mm. I don't think they throw Lashley into NXT. I don't. Th- I don't. No, that'd be silly. Yeah, Where'd I don't think he has that kind of. I don't think he has that kind of cachet. But I, I, mm. I don't see it. I don't see him going Lashley to NXT. I don't think he would sign in that case. I think he would have to be brought in on a kind of. Straight through to the main roster deal. Yeah, and the other the other thing as well, um, just as an aside here, because it's not really worthy of, of like a news discussion, but apparently uh, he's not in talks with New Japan, uh, referring Ooh. to Bobby Lashley. So so it's if he's going anywhere, it's going to be WWE. That's the apparently he's also not in talks with uh, OTT. Oh no! Nor is he in talks with me. Just confirming that for your list right now. And that's not really news, mm. is it? So, who he's not in talks with. Well, no, it was it was rumored that he was talking to New Japan and, and WWE. And he said himself that he's not. No, he didn't say... No. <laughs> Never mind. Who's saying it then, Barry? Meltzer. Oh, I'll, oh. I'll five star for Chris Jericho Meltzer. That lad. Yeah, I'll problematic king Dave Meltzer. Um, what's he been up to lately? I don't know. I've unsubscribed and I don't follow him on anything or listen to him anymore. But that just got through the ether somehow. His old tricks. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Um. Yeah, so so uh, I think Bobby Lashley's a good pick. I'm going to make that pick. Um, I have no idea. I say yes, Kenny Omega. <laughs> you always oh. go for Kenny Omega. He's always your pick. He's the only person I know outside of WWE. What, what about, about Cody Rhodes? Who? Uh, son yeah. of a son, a son of a plumber. <laughs> what, Mario Junior? <laughs> All right, Paul. Did you make a pick? 
I said, I said Lashley, which you then copied. Yeah, well, that's fine. I tell you, you, don't, you don't own it. Well, then don't uh, ask me if I made a pick. You copied my pick. I'm just double checking, you fuck. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's the end of my emails. Who else has an email? <laughs> I have an email as well. Uh, I have an email from Scott. Uh, subject Star Wars venting. He says, Hello, Paul. One of the things that bothered me about the latest Star Wars movie, and he then goes on to list two things, but never don't worry about that. <laughs> um, one of the things that bothered me was the Rose uh, Finn interaction. Well, you're not the only yeah. one there. Yeah, lots of people are. One of the things that bothered me about the Star Wars movie was the Finn Rose interaction. In the span of 12 hours, she. We don't know that was 12 hours necessarily. It's very hard to tell the time in space where everything is just black and stars. Uh, in the span of 12 hours, she went from stunning him and calling him a traitor, which does happen, by the way, uh, to... We've all been there, right, lads? <laughs> what? We've all been there, eh? <laughs> to, by today's definition, sexually assaulting him by kissing him without permission. Um, anyway... Um, I think that was always the definition, by the way. <laughs> Is Rose a wrestling promoter? Just let me know. I'm interested to find that out. Um, <laughs> along with the Porgs being there just to be cute. Well, no that's sh- everything. <laughs> no, no shit, Scott. Um, and to make <laughs> and to make an anti-meat eating statement. <laughs> They make Chewbacca feel bad about eating meat he cooked. Well, I think it's they feel he feel they make him feel bad because he's eating porks. <laughs> <They're, laughs> yeah. I don't know whether it was yeah. necessarily an anti-meat eating statement. It was a little bit of comedy <laughs> that they had sad faces and he was eating them. Yeah, he's eating them. I think is <laughs> the thing. Yeah, it wasn't bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Just a lot of useless parts of the story that don't make sense. Um, I'm not sure if I, I'd agree with you on the Porgs point there. I mean, I think the Porgs are cute, but I think I I, I like the Porgs. I thought the, the Porgs were quite funny. I believe, by the way, the I heard. I don't know maybe what you guys told me, but I believe I heard somewhere that the point of the Porgs were that on Skellig Michael they just have like puffins there that they couldn't like shoo away. So they just digitally mm. replaced them with porgs. Makes sense, right? And then they have they have one or two tiny scenes in the movie. The one where they look at at, at Chewbacca when he's eating porgs and he, they have the old sad little sad baby face. And then when I I thought they'd be in it way more. And then they're in the, then they're in the Falcon it. later for like one shot. That's like it. Um the the Rose Finn stuff. Um. Yeah, I, I definitely see Scott's point that it does go from kind of zero to sixty very fast. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the most natural uh, love story in Star Wars history. No, like, I I think I would have preferred it as a matter of fact if they just had this kind of relationship develop without it becoming romantic necessarily. That she like teaches him stuff about the world I, because he was a stormtrooper. He never kind of appreciated. I think that's fine. yeah. Um. Anyway, Finn's true romance is Poe Dameron, so... That's right! 
<laughs> if you if you want a real SJW plot point to get mad about, that's your one. Um, why is Star Star Wars gay these days? What's going on? Um, uh, Scott goes on. He says, "Are you as tired as I am of movies?" I'll stop you right there. <laughs> I will be when I watch fifteen fucking more Oscar movies over the course of the next like four weeks. So. I'm not tired yet. Scott goes on. Are you as tired as I am of movies where the only person who can save the world is the teen outcast who is only fighting for what he or she believes is right? I think you're going to have to give me an example here, Scott. Because what movies are there where the only person who can save the world is a teen outcast? Well, there are there are definitely movies where that's the case, but I don't know that there's any more or less than usual. Like, like you know... I don't know that um, it's like a movie trope. Is, hang on, like, by the way, also, are, are we to think that like the 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 new characters in Star Wars are teenagers? Because I've never thought about it, but I don't. I, maybe Ray is. I don't know. Is she? Um, well, was Luke not in the original one? Kind of a teen outcast. Uh, yeah. yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So mm. I don't know that it's a trope that I was necessarily ever getting kind of mad about he goes uh scott continues uh the last person i would want to trust the future of the world to is a teenager who has no life experience no real world experience and freaks out over an outbreak of pimples before their date this weekend Ah, okay now i don't know what movie he's talking about we love we love we love scott but this i think this email has a little bit of um old man shouts a cloud to it Now you're comparing him to Cornette. That's that's harsh. <laughs> um, uh, uh, wait, 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 wait. Maybe it's why I liked Bright so much. Scott Bright oh, is a movie that no. everyone says is terrible. Um, well, I don't want to. I don't want to say everyone thinks it's ter- I haven't seen it, but mm. he says I thought it was funny and entertaining. Eight out of ten. Ooh, Have okay. a good week, Scott. I think well, I, yeah. I, I think I need a cigarette after that email. <laughs> so, okay, so Star Wars. My, my roommate likes likes Bright, for what it's worth. Oh, but yeah, people, I've heard people saying they like it. There, there, there was kind of a after that kind of initial wave of reviews. There were people saying, "Okay, like it's not that bad." And Max Landis mm. is kind of a whipping boy. I mean, he's terrible, but he is kind of a whipping boy. You know. So which, is, which does kind of skew it a little bit I'm like okay if people are telling me that this movie is actually not that bad I don't have that much of a hard time believing it just because everyone does like to shit on Landis which is fair enough I mean yeah I was I I I, I, I was interested in seeing because I didn't know the the numbers but I, based on what you guys were saying I was thinking if I go to Rotten Tomatoes is this going to be one of those movies that has a critic rating that's super low and an audience rating that's like way higher uh, yeah, and it is. Um, the The critics' rating, Rotten Tomato score, is twenty six percent, with an average rating of three point eight out of ten, and the audience score, eighty six, with an average rating, wow. average rating of eight point four out of ten. So, I remember I I went on, on the bright page on Letterboxd. And when you go on a movies page, all the people you follow, you automatically see their reviews for it. And uh, most of my friends who had seen it, including some folks who's like I, I, I trust implicitly, were like, this movie is bad, but it's not any kind of notable, horrible movie. 
Um, so, yeah, they, but, now, to be fair, none of them, none of them also liked it, but all, but none of them hated it to that level. Yeah, the first uh, review I see is David Ehrlich, who does a really good, like top twenty-five video he puts out every year. Mm. Uh, ooh, half a star from him. Um, I mean, ultimately, if we haven't seen it, so we can't really. Yeah, that would be our next audio know. commentary. Bright, the Netflix movie written by Max Landis. Um. Anyway, thank you for your email, Scott. Uh, definitely a more divisive one, which is kind of better in a way. Um, that's all. Yeah, we, don't, we don't want people telling us how great we are. We well, do we do. Yeah, we, well, we do. We do. Um, in the reviews on the iTunes and the uh, reviews, five star, six star, and all that. Uh, I ain't got no more emails. Okay, I've got two. Uh, first one is from Shane Brennan. He says, subject, dry your eyes, mate. Um, all right, Joe, how are things? Good, thanks, Shane. Uh, quick question for you and the lads. As per usual, I watched quite a few films over the Christmas break, one of which was the Shawshank Redemption. The sequence yeah. involving Brooks being released from prison and his attempt to assimilate to society never fail to tug on the heartstrings of even a cold bastard such as myself. Just wondered if there are any moments in film or TV that spring to mind for you guys that would bring a tear to a glass eye. Are you man enough to admit what scenes left you bawling like a bitch? Another one for me is the ending of Jurassic Park. That episode of Futurama with Fry's Dog. I can't even fucking watch it. The ending of Jurassic Park? Thanks for taking my email. No, Jurassic huh? Park. Park. Oh. The Futurama one. <laughs> Thanks for taking my email. Hope you had a good weekend and congratulations on the recent nuptials, Shane. Oh, thanks, Shane. Yeah, well, as I mentioned earlier, Coco, um, I did cry. It was, it was a very sad ending, and I was uh, I was bawling a bit, which caused some controversy on well. the forum, I believe. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I don't actually read re- responses to my posts. I just post and leave, so I don't know what was actually said. But Bawling a bit, though. Well, either you're bawling or a little tear. Because bawling, yeah, bawling by its nature is a lot, isn't it? Well, possibly. Bawling. <laughs> it was very sad. It was. There were definitely some tears flowing. No, I'm not I'm having a go at, at, at tears. I'm, I'm just swelling up. I, I, <laughs> I had to go at tears. I've I've got a tear on at quite a few movies. I gotta tell you, I don't. <laughs> I'm mad enough to see it. I don't have any problem with with crying at movies. I don't. I don't cry often at movies it's, or TV shows. It, it, yeah. it has to be something very particular, I think. I find... Yeah. I'm going to sound come off very... I'm not saying this just because my girlfriend's beside me, but I do find that when I was a lonely single boy, I found it a lot harder to get kind of emotionally affected by movies. <laughs> now, now everything is like... Your hormones are flowing. What if my girlfriend was in a coma? And then I get all upset about it. <laughs> What if my girlfriend was the boss baby? <laughs> <laughs> what if my girlfriend was the last Jedi? <laughs> what if my ah! she was a teenage outcast? What? <laughs> 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 what if my girlfriend was on the ending of Jurassic Park? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, dearie me! Oh, 
Um, yeah, so that's one for me. And that, the other episode of Futurama with um, his brother. Is it the luck of the Frymish? That's a terrible remember. pun, by the way. Yeah. yeah Frymish. That's, that's another sad one. Reaching there. Um, thanks for that, Shane. Um, my other emails from Sky. Wait, we didn't say our people. we didn't say our crying movie. Oh yet. my god! Oh, yeah. come on in. Sh- Shane oh. wanted, Shane said, and also for the lads. So that's me and Barry. Uh, Barry, what movies have you cried at? Well, I cry at loads of films. I mean, that's well, not uh, that's not impressive. Uh, I mean, you talk you talk, <laughs> talk about Pixar. I mean, most of the Pixar ones get me. I can't remember if Toy Story three did. It probably did. Uh, Up, of course. Wally, of course. Edge's retirement, uh, my, of course. Edge's retirement, uh, Daniel Bryan's retirement, Shawn Michaels' retirement, uh, all the great films. You would have, um, you would have hated Terry Funk. <laughs> um, I might be in the minority of this because people, I, you know, I think people don't really consider this in the pantheon of Pixar classics. But Inside Out got me as well. Oh yeah, Inside um, Out is uh, uh, has a moment that is very um, very tear jerking. Yeah. Um, yeah, so those those are all great examples. I'm trying to, I can't, I'm trying to think of a non-Pixar example. I can't really think of one. Um, no, but those are those. Are, there's plenty to work with there. There's like five. Well, I remember um, specifically when we were watching Lady and the Tramp. I got very very upset at one point where I assume you guys have seen Lady and the Tramp. Yeah, classic Disney, where there's a rat and the rat is going into the baby's bedroom to harm the baby, and the tramp goes in to to stop it, and it's essentially the tramp goes in and chases the rat around the room and causes a big ruckus and saves the day, but then the adults come, and they think the tramp was the one trying to trying to harm the baby, and I cried because of the injustice. <laughs> I was very, very upset about it. Um, hey, are there any mo- other movies I cried at recently that you can think of? You were very sad because of Sweet November. Because of what? Sweet November. You what? never see the woman again. Oh, Sweet November. <laughs> we didn't even watch the whole movie. It was just on TV one one evening. It's, it's, a, it's a rom-com, I guess, or a romantic drama. It's more of a rom-com, I think, with Charlize Theron and Keanu Reeves. That it turns out she's dying at the end spoilers for this shit 20 year old rom-com um and then i got all upset because she he never gets to see her again and i was like but that could be me in that movie uh i didn't cry though at it i was i was just affected <laughs> i didn't speak for a while but did i cry at anything else do you remember no because i'm a tough man that's why um I know, I just feel like way more... I think Inside Out, definitely with the... What was the name of the character? The elephant? In Inside Bing Out? Bong. Bing Bong. And Toy Story 3, Barry brought up. I don't I don't think I cried at the end of Toy Story 3, but I was... I was nine-tenths of the way there. Where oh, I, yeah. I had the lip quiver going on, and I was like... Yeah. This is my life happening. Because I grew up with these toys on the movies. <laughs> Uh, also, I believe when I first saw it, I cried when uh, Michael Keaton dies in the seminal Christmas film Jack Frost, um, oh, uh, and then he comes back as a snowman and dies again, which is a good film about uh, being happy. 
Um, I think I cried during our Turboman commentary when, <laughs> when the kid decides what? he's, he's, he had Turboman all along because his dad is, oh yeah, bad. I was like, <laughs> and, but, but whereas like the kids these days, materialism, they'd be like, yeah, but I want the toy. <laughs> I need the Turboman app. Does it come with a companion app? Yeah. Mm. Anyway. Go on. You have another email, Joe. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. Yes. Um, second email from Scott McAvoy. Subject, bad wrestler names. Uh, last week you mentioned a bad wrestling name, and I thought of the week after JBL fell doing his Texas two-step down the ramp uh, on SmackDown. They had a wrestler by the name of Trip Bradshaw, which made me laugh. I don't remember that. That'll sound funny, though. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was when they, like... Uh, it was like the first time Ziggler and King had interacted since that heart attack thing. It was, I think uh, it was actually the, the beginning of Dolph's, that was when he turned heel for this Molson heel run. Kicks Lawler in the chest and then they did the thing where another commentator gets up because he's so worried about his friend and JBL fell on his fucking face. Okay. Oh yeah. It was good except JBL didn't die. Oh. <laughs> um. He also says, how many movies in a year does it take before people start getting tired of seeing an actor or actress? I know personally I've gone tired of Jennifer Lawrence and her latest movie looks like they stole an early copy of the Black Widow movie right down to the ballet dancer being a brainwashed assassin. Are we starting to reach that point with The Rock? Does he have a few more duds in his gun before people get tired of him? Have a good week. Um, I don't know. I think it's, I don't know if it's the number of movies that come out just more the kind of exposure, sort of seeing them everywhere on TV, social media, that kind of thing. You get a bit fed up with them. But then, you know, other people have a very long career, you know, Tom, Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks, that, those sort of actors come back every year with, maybe they keep it fresh. Or maybe they just get very good at what they do. Um, the Rock, I don't think people are going to get sick of The Rock because he, he does what he does. He's not going to start popping up in any surprises. It's always going to be movies where buildings are falling down or there are big monsters chasing people. Or cars. Yeah. Cars in buildings that are falling over. Because of a monster. That's, that's what he does. That's what people like. Um, I don't think it matters if he does duds as well. As long as there's a, a, enough hits that come along like a Jumanji, uh, he'll keep going. Uh, thanks, thanks for that, Scott. There we go. Barry. Uh, what Barry. do we want to do next? Are we done with the um, wrestling? <laughs> wrestling talk. What everyone's really here for. We've got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about wrestling-wise. Who has seen what from TakeOver? Last night. I watched the whole show live. Oh, did you watch any of it? Not yet. Not yet. You I need to watch, watch that main event. You need to watch You need to watch that. I'm going to watch that now after the show. Oh, good Lord. Oh. Uh, so the only, other than the main event, the only thing I watched was Alistair Black and Adam Cole. So Paul, if you want to give us your thoughts on kind of the other stuff and I'll, I'll pipe in when I, when I um, have thoughts. Yeah, the show opened with the tag match was uh, Arthur's Pain against... Uh, Undisputed Era, Kyle O'Reilly and um, Bobby Fish. 
Um, this was my first because I, I don't watch the NXT TV show anymore. I'm actually going to start watching it again now, given the influx of like War Machine and Ricochet and all the people who are there currently. It kind of feels it feels like a natural time to kind of dive into it again, uh, especially as SmackDown has kind of been worse than ever lately. So I'm going to start watching NXT TV again. Not this week because this week's will just be the the catch up from Takeover. But next week's I'll I'll watch. This is my first kind of exposure to Authors of Pain as the real kind of baby faces of a straight tag match. So you had a lot of Authors of Pain selling, like Unspewed Era working the leg and stuff like that. Um, but otherwise, I just it was kind of just a typical tag match. I don't think it was especially great. Um, there's some sloppiness towards the end. Um, and I think that the ending, like the finish, was better in concept and execution again it came off as a little what what sloppy. was it uh they went for the super collider which is where they they pick their opponents up for power bombs and kind of run them into each other and then turn around and slam them and uh one of the authors of pain i guess this was like the spot but he kind of started he lost his footing after the kind of the impact and then uh o'reilly i think reversed the power bomb with a hurricane rana and the, the authors of pain kind of bumped into each other and one of them fell out of the ring into a into a, a schoolboy and then that was the finish. But it was like when the when the Hurricane Rana spot happened, the authors of pain were a good five feet away. So he kind of had to stumble across the ring to bump his friend out and it, it did come off kind of kind of clunky. Um, but the match was okay. It wasn't anything special or anything like you know the revival American Alpha authors of pain matches from Takeovers past. It was it was okay. Uh, second match was Cassius Sono against Velveteen Dream, which, again, a little bit clunky in spots. Um, I expected a lot more from the match, given how good Velveteen Dream's match with Alistair Black from the last takeover was, um, and given how good Cassius Sono is. Um, yeah. I don't know, the match, it kind of had this nice story where going in, Velveteen Dream had promised that he was going to knock Cassius Sono out within thir- 30 seconds. And then he did, uh, but he, then he didn't go for the pin for some reason. He just started celebrating his kind of that he fact that he knocked him down, uh, which made him look I think very they're, silly. they're kind of doing a thing where he's just like arrogant to the nth degree, and that costs him a lot. Yeah. Um, I watched the Gargano Velveteen Dream match from last from the most recent NXT TV. Yeah. Um, which was which was also really fantastic, um, but there was lots of spots where like. Early on in the match, he was like getting in Gargano's face when he when he had the advantage, and Gargano put him in the submission. Little things like that. I think I think he's like an, a really arrogant rookie is kind of what they're going for with him, which is uh, which is cool. I liked when he came out as well. He had um, a very muscular, shirtless man holding a big fluffy pillow, which had his mouth guard on it because he was doing kind of a Joe Frazier type. He was wearing like boxing shorts and stuff. But then there was like a beautiful woman who came over and put it in his mouth for him. So they're they were kinda very subtly doing a little bit of the the bisexual thing there. The um not to like it to Orlando Jordan, but that same kind of idea of there was a nice looking man there for him and there was a nice looking woman there for him. He he does it all. Um match itself, like I say, few few very badly missed spots in it. Um and I don't feel like it kind of built 
well enough towards a, like a climax of any kind. It just you know he he did his rolling Death Valley driver and then hit the big elbow for the win. Good win for the Velveteen Dream, but I expected more given the guys who were in it. Uh, third match was the women's title match: Shayna Baszler against um, Ember Moon. They had an excellent match. They had a match that I thought until that point was like the best match of the show. Um, and it was very um, interesting seeing Shayna Baszler for the first time wrestle. And she's definitely got her own kind of style, MMA style, which I think works really well. Especially because it's something you so seldomly see in in women's wrestling. Even though they already have... Um, the, uh, Sonya Deville on Raw, who, for all intents and purposes, has an MMA gimmick, but doesn't really wrestle like an MMA fighter, whereas Shayna Baszler does. It's very submission-based, very ground-based. And mm. uh, they did a spot on NXT TV. I saw it in the package here. They did a spot on NXT TV where she broke the arm, quote-unquote, of Dakota Kai. Um, super visual, super good spot, where they put, they put the person's wrist down on the mat with the elbow pointing up and kind of stamped down on the elbow uh, and they did this they did it in this match as well super super visual spot definitely definitely very cool uh, looking when you compare it to the kind of the hokiness of how like Pentagon does his like arm breaking spot you know with the grabs the arm and oh he's gonna break their arm but it kind of looks kind of dumb this was like a properly good little visual trick the, the way they did it here and the match was really good as well. She was working over Ember Moon's arm the entirety. Ember Moon did a good job selling the arm as well. And uh, eventually, they did uh, where Ember Moon was in the arm bar so long, she was like, she has got no way of getting out. And then eventually, she got kind of a flash pin while they were kind of transitioning from arm bar to arm bar. Mm. So did you say you'd never seen Shayna before this? I'd never seen her wrestle. I'd seen her in UFC. Did you... You didn't watch the Mae Young final? No, I didn't watch any of the Mae Young classic. Mm. Oh, that, that final was really good. She's good. She's definitely got a presence that a lot of people don't have. Which is funny because, to be honest, she wasn't particularly good in UFC. But I think I think it does translate well here. That she comes off like a proper tough. And one thing I, I really liked about the presentation here is that they gave her the, the UFC slash Goldberg entrance. Where they cut her walking backstage before she came out. Super clever. Just the little details. Very, very good. And then we came to the uh, the black uh, coal match. The uh, yes. Extreme Rules match. So I really, I'll turn over really to you now. Yeah, 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 it was great. I, I, had, I had one question watching the, the video package and Cole's entrance, which is like, what is his character and what is that stable? Because they have shitty generic music, shitty t-shirts, and a stupid hand sign. And their gimmick just kind of seems to be, wink, wink, you know who we are. Yeah, cocky, and cocky wink, heels. You were, it's me, hey, it's me, Adam Cole. Lots of you like shouting my catchphrase. You know who I am. You know, their, their, like, their trio could be called Ring of Honor. Exactly, yeah. So, I was, I, so that, because I don't watch NXT TV weekly, so I was like, hmm, that's a bit lame. Uh, Black obviously still has that great aura, still in, like just feels like this incredible star. Um, and they had an awesome match, really killed each other. Um, all kinds of innovative stuff. Black doing like a like a double knees to a standing Adam Cole through a table. 
um, all kinds of creative stuff with chairs. Adam Cole took the most nightmarish bump on two chairs that were back to back. He took like an fu with uh, landing across the backs of the chairs. Yeah, onto like the summit, or the point of the chairs. And every every time I see that spot, like usually the chairs like give way, but they just stood rigidly in the ring, and he bounced off them. It was nasty. Black took a big spill out of the ring through two tables. Just really, really great. Felt like a really intense fight. Lots of cool spots. Um, I feel uh, like with that chair spot, though, like I hope that he's, he didn't get hurt badly by it because with that kind of stuff it's like yes visually it looks really bad but the trick of wrestling is you know do the things that look really bad but don't hurt as opposed to the things that hurt really bad but maybe don't look as bad you know um so like would the impact have been that much lessened if they had done the spot with the chairs facing the other way around like seat to seat i don't know Adam Cole also got a really bad thumb injury, it looked like. Because mm. yeah, they, they, they had to wrap his thumb up at one point. Yeah, he's, oh, he's, yes, yeah. He's bleeding from the hand. There's, at one point, there was blood like all over his hand. So he cut his thumb very badly by the looks of it. Yeah, they were, they were throwing each other around and hurling each other into chairs and tables and ladders. It was a, ladder, a really nasty ladder spot. I think actually that was where he might have gotten hurt. Because um, he was like folded up against a ladder, um, but yeah, they did all kinds of creative stuff. There was a run in from the uh, the ROH buffoons, um, and then uh, Eric Young's stable ran in. So all kinds of run ins, but but the match was still great. And uh, Alistair Black won with the Black Mass. So yeah, Adam Cole he does a, he does a great he does a great plunder match. Um, he always has, and this is a great one. So. So yeah, thumbs up for that. Yes, very much thumbs up. And I thought thing, things can't get better than that. Hmm. And then there's the main event. Now I'm going yeah. to go on a limb here, okay? This, this might sound like hyperbole. But I tweeted it immediately after the match. And I've kind of stepped on it since. And I still kind of feel the same way. I feel like this was the best... WWE match of maybe the last 10 years. I wow. don't know that I would dispute that. I thought it was wow. the best NXT match ever. Um, I'm struggling to come up with many WWE matches that I think I enjoyed more. And, and that goes to, to say how strong the match was because I didn't have any storyline background or interest in Gargano and Amos's kind of feud. I didn't have that context. I'm just watching the match, basically. Yeah, there, yeah, there really wasn't because, like, it, in the video package, it really wasn't a whole lot of these two have an issue. It was more Gargano has had a rough time and now he's bouncing back. That was yeah. Great. He won. And he won had, a four way match or something. And yeah, and it was like it, from the video package, it looked like they had like one physical confrontation. They did not. They did not build it up as this heated blood feud. It's like no, Almas is the all-conquering champion with the ma- with the great manager and 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 looks great and all this stuff. And Gargano is just kind of has been a bit of a loser lately, and now he's bouncing back and he's a great promo and everyone believes in him. Pretty straightforward story. It's not something you would need to have watched TV to keep up with. Um, but yeah, I I would struggle. I'm I'm trying to think what main roster matches are even better than this. I think this is better than any of the Cena AJ matches. 
Um, uh, I think these are probably better than the DIY revival matches. Um, the only thing I could think of that would come close would be like CM Punk Cena from Money in the Bank, which, in fairness, had yep. this huge story that kind of boosted it. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe Cena Lesnar from 2012, which it was its own also kind of anomaly, you know, the big Lesnar return. So without any kind of... Smoke and mirrors isn't even the right way of saying it, but without any other kind of extra add-ins to kind of bump it mm-hmm. up, just, just on a, like a match basis. It was so good. And it reminded me a little bit of one of my little personal favorites, which was... Um, Kurt Angle Undertaker from No Way Out 2006 and I kind of started off maybe the first 10 minutes nothing really that special and it just built and built and built and built and it would just like go up through the gears you know first gear second gear third gear fourth gear fifth gear and it had that kind of progression to it to, to the point where at the end it was like <laughs> where else is this match going to go and it didn't rely so much on like false finishes of like kick out finisher kick out finisher kick out finisher it wasn't that kind of match it was like you know really the old school kind of wrestling storytelling of submission and they're like trying to get to the ropes and trying to put moves on each other and there were some really dangerous moves and some really visually great moves in there um didn't rely on too much interference didn't rely on like one thing i had in the back of my mind is probably that there would be some champa involvement in the match itself um, I'd be really interested to see how it kind of holds up on repeated viewings, or because obviously we we watched or I watched it live last night, so it was kind of as it was happening. Well, I I watched it this morning, knowing the finish. Yeah, um, and, and it was still excellent. Yeah. Um, imagine yeah, imagine it was... watching it not knowing the finish. Oh, I wish I watched it live. It, it was like a next. It must have been like a next level thing, but it was incredible. It was the story was wonderful, and like the the physical performance of it was like flawless. It really was, and it was brutal and 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 you know they could have done a champa finish during uh, interference during the match, and that probably would have been fine. I think that but, would lessen. Uh, I think that would lessen if they had. To be honest, it would have lessened it, but it would have been fine. But it, yeah, it definitely would have lessened it. I much prefer what they did. They um, they just had a hell of a match. That's what they did, <laughs> and eventually yes. one one of them was the better man. Yeah, and it was really tremendous. And it's it's a match everyone's going to need to go out of their way to see. And they did they did have the Candice Can- LeRae ringside, which did add a little bit of the kind of Miss Elizabeth feel to it, I guess. Mm. Um, where she was at ringside, and Zelina Vega would like interfere every now and then. But then eventually Candace couldn't take it anymore and she hopped the rail and ah man it was so good. It was That was so excellent. great, yeah. And yeah. and Zelina is like fantastic. All, all, all four involved filled fulfilled their roles perfectly. And I yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing like I'm sure the, the Zelina um uh Candace match which will inevitably happen will be great. Candace is obviously fantastic. Um, so yeah, there was tons of great and oh the the near fall just before Candice runs in, where they're doing all these crazy near falls and the crowd's red hot and then they do a spot where Gargano takes uh, Almus out on the floor, throws him back into the ring and while the referee's looking at Almus, 
she quick as a hiccup gets up on the apron and gives him gives Gargano a Hurricane Rana into the steps, and everyone's booing and she throws him back into the ring and almost doesn't just cover him. He hits his finish and then covers him, and everyone's like, "Okay, there's your there's your finish," and Gargano kicks out, and it was just one of the best near. It was just excellent. Um, and then there was a bunch of cool stuff after that as well. They get the Candice run in and stuff like that. But yeah, really Super tremendous. Good. And I and uh, I, I wonder what the what the direction she'll be going forward, whether they, he'll do a rematch or you would imagine uh, the Ciampa match. I was not aware Ciampa was, was healthy or not. but um, I, th- I feel like the, the WrestleMania one will be um, black against Almas. Feels like the natural way to go with it, isn't it? Mm. The two kind of big winners here. Although that match was so good, I certainly wouldn't mind if they did a rematch. <laughs> to be honest, it was. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm I just interested now. Good. I'm interested now to see where does uh, Big Davey M sit on it because if he doesn't give it five stars, I swear to God. Oh, uh, so I, I'm beyond caring what. He I know, has I know, I know, I know, but ah. Uh, that would, that would be kind of the official right this lad is not to be taken seriously anymore like he, yeah if he can go if he can go like six on on like three new japan matches last year i'm fairly sure he went north of five on mm. um, if he's going to do that and this can't get five because I mean, this had on. it all this had the the great storytelling the kind of the big moves the the you had the knees on the outside to the post you had the um the DDT off the rope, you know, it had all all the big moves that a big match would have. The crowd, as you said, were were red hot. The crowd were so into it as well. You don't you don't see a crowd that hot these days any, that that often. Um, I was kind of just sitting there thinking, like, what else? How could this match be any better than it is? I'm not sure of any way they could have improved it. It was it was flawless. It was nearly flawless. So yeah, that's uh, that's our glowing review of some tremendous pro wrestling, mm. uh, and uh, there you go. So we'll move from that into the some news points here uh, from the week. Vince McMahon has confirmed the XFL is back, baby, or it's coming back. Um, in a press conference on Thursday, I believe it was. Alpha Entertainment Friday, is the company. Was, I think. Mm. Okay. Um, Alpha Entertainment um, confirmed that basically uh, what they uh, uh, what Vince did was he sold off a bunch of his stock in WWE so that he got some cold hard cash and he used that cash to found Alpha Entertainment. This is not a WWE venture, which is one of the big talking points on the conference uh, he held. This is not WWE doing football. This is Vince McMahon doing football. Um, no, there, there, there is no corporate or financial ties to WWE, and there will be zero. He said allegedly there will be zero crossover um, with with the talent, unlike last time. And uh, he did not confirm where this will broadcast. He said there's no deals signed yet, but you would kind of get the impression that the uh, the WWE network is out of the conversation when it comes to. Uh, It'd be on the XFL now. It'd be the XFL network, yeah. Do you, do you think they would just say, fuck it, we'll start up our own website and do it there? Well, that would, uh, hardly no. anybody would watch it, in fairness, would they? I think they'd I th- to a third party. Um, yeah, I think I think anyone starting a, a football league in this day and age is looking to get some sweet, sweet TV rights. Because live mm-hmm. sports is where the, the TV right money is these days. 
Um, so I'd say that's uh, that's where he's going. But um, so we'll, I'll run down the the, the key kind of uh, info on this. Don't say long. Yeah, there was so the, the big talking point was that there was not much he really said about this. It was um, it was just Vince McMahon for twenty minutes going. Oh, quite frankly, um, I think he said quite frankly about a hundred times in the twenty minutes or so that it, the press conference lasted. It's one of his old man ticks he's developed. Um, anytime he got a question anyway. he didn't like, oh well, quite frankly. Uh, also, anytime there was like any kind of technical hiccup with the guy, he, he was getting so annoyed. It was like you could tell he hates doing this. It was so funny, but um, so it's going to, it's tentatively scheduled to launch in 2020. Um, you know, the big, much like the one thing it has in common with the original XFL is the gimmick is hey, there's lots of football fans, and there's several months a year where there's no football. So after the Super Bowl, so around like February, March, they they are saying that they will uh, they will start broadcasting. Uh, did he say ten teams and forty man rosters? I believe is what he said. Um, something like that. Forty man rosters is definitely the, the 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 roster size. I can't remember how many teams he settled on. No cities. No teams, no stadiums, nothing, nothing like that is decided on. Uh, he did say that the XFL will own all the teams, so there's no franchising, there's no none of that. It's it's XFL owned teams squaring off against each other. He said there is interest, quote unquote, um, uh, from television partners, but there has been no deal signed. And he did say that there will be uh, the ability to watch on mobile devices and web streaming, but again, no specifics on that at all. Um, he said, one thing I was not expecting, especially considering what the original XFL was, was first of all, he said it's going to be family friendly. Second of all, he, they pushed, including in like the very weird rap song they had opened this stream, they pushed uh, safety as a, a, a thing that they were conscious about, which is fine. I don't have any problem with that. I think that's a fair thing to, to, to in 2018, I think that's something that people care about. But it, it just does not seem like something Vince McMahon gives a shit about, but I guess people who got in his ear were just like, you need to, you need to say this. The people, people don't want the, you know, the extreme concussion league, um, uh, in the modern setting. He said there will be no criminality involved in the XFL whatsoever. He said, if you have so much as a DUI, you will not be allowed in the league, uh, which is, Quite the thing for a guy who's <laughs> wrestling wrestling for fifty years, um, but there you go. Uh, and there really wasn't much else worth talking about. He said, you know, there was lots of talk of listening to the fans. He almost made it sound like they're going to be doing like almost like those emails they send to WWE Network subscribers. We we want to hear from you. Which of the following promotions do you watch? Do you like it when matches go uh, sixty minutes or not? You know. WWE fan feedback or whatever the fuck it's called. Like he constantly referenced listening to medical experts, sport analysts, and the fans. Like, what do fans want? Do fans want no halftime? Do they want two hour games? Do they want one hour games? Um, you know, constantly <laughs> referenced it. Like that was that was part of it that made it feel like he doesn't know what it is. It's like he's like, maybe we'll have no halftime. I'm not saying we won't have halftime, but if people want that, we'll have that. And it's like, okay. Um uh, the, one, the, one, the one question that the journalists kept asking was uh, about the kneeling and the, and the silent protest about the anthem. Uh, and by my count, he was asked three times, and he never said, yes, it'll be in the rules that you have to stand. But he made it pretty clear that he's like, well, I think they should. 
and and he and he also said he said I think they should and he said we'll have a clear book of rules and regulations for everyone to be aware of before they sign their contract. So you can kind of put your two and two together there and 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 assume what what the what the uh, uh, the belief system will be for that league. So so that's mm-hmm. that's probably going to be in place. But that was really it. I mean, there was there was no other concrete details. Um, and they also did not say, hey, we're going to give more info in six months or a year. They just said, that's it. 2020. Um, and there you go. So, yeah, that's that's the XFL 2. El Hijo del XFL. Uh, I mean, none of us watch American football, so, you know. I don't know that either of us care, but does any of you no. watch the um, any of you watch the um, documentary, the ESPN thing? The no, I heard no. I heard it was a bit kind of light touch and a bit didn't really get into any of the, the real dirt of the XFR. Maybe I miss. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, we we you know there's not there's not really much to talk about. I will say Vince looked very old. Um, especially with his bad die job, um, and mm. uh, yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of speculation that this is him just trying to have one last hurrah before he kicks the bucket. <laughs> Seems like people are like, like you know, one last chance for him to do something that's not wrestling, uh, you know. And this time, it's not even owned by. It's like it's not WWE Records or WWE Films or WWE Presents the XFL. It's like he started a second company and he's doing this. Um, in 2020. In 2020, so yeah. We'll see. Um, uh, we will We will see. Or, or maybe we won't. I put up a poll on Twitter after this that was like, um, will, this, will this league happen? Yes, no, or not by 2020? And my current feeling is that it will not happen by 2020 if it does happen at all. It'd be like the network. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. The network was like what two two years delayed. Yeah, it's supposed to launch in twenty twelve, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So uh, obviously, watch this space, or more importantly, watch Alpha Entertainment. Um. So in back, you know, that's completely unaffiliated news. But back to WWE. Uh, uh, Ethan Carter the third was on the Takeover show that we just discussed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I'm very surprised, not very surprised, but in- interested to see he kept the name. Mm. Um, it was, they, they it was EC him. Space 3. Yes. Ah, oh, they got him. The space. So, maybe that'll just be his name. Maybe it won't stand for anything, like, um, you know, but, or maybe they'll <laughs> they just call They should have done him. the same thing with Broken Matt Hardy. Just, oh, just, just call it just broken. Yeah, broken, Matt. No one would. No he would have no to talk to Zack Ryder all the time. That, that'd be the only problem. Um, so this is a, given uh, Scott's earlier question about people jumping straight to WWE and not doing NXT. I mean, obviously he was here in NXT, but that was just his your usual takeover wave at the crowd um uh moments you know ricochet and war machine did that as well you think this guy is actually going to be in nxt or yeah think no they announced they announced him as nxt signee oh did they okay yeah. never mind fair enough uh because there was a lot of talk about him possibly for the rumble but i if you're going to do that i guess you probably wouldn't have shown him yeah, like, I, think the they can still do. I think it would still be a surprise 
you know maybe oh. maybe it wasn't a bad idea to show him actually because the big question is would he get a reaction um and i think he did um uh so maybe maybe saturday was testing the waters to see if philadelphia gave a shit who ec3 is um so uh we will see that's an interesting one uh, obviously super talented um if you follow him on Twitter or you ever see his tweets, it's fairly obvious he was kind of like he never he never dogged it in TNA. He never on TV he never made it look like he didn't give a shit, but it always felt like he knew he was beyond that, especially as they were kind of circling the drain. Um, so here's hoping this time he gets a proper shake in WWE. Obviously his last his last stint there was uh, not especially. He never made out of NXT his last stint. Really no, yeah, he was on that season that people really liked, that weird kind of... Redemption, actually redemption. Yeah, that people who watched it said it was the greatest thing, which we, is, you know, which I, I watched some of it and thought it was. Him and Johnny uh, Curtis and... Uh, it was it was a cool it was a cool thing they did, but it was it was at a time when it was... Wasn't that like, it was pre-network, so it was like on WWE.com, mm. Uh, and it was just it was this thing that barely anyone watched, and it wasn't easy to watch. And mm. um, but yeah, he's since gone on to make a name for himself in TNA. That, that's kind of one of the TNA success stories, really. They took this guy who bounced around WWE developmental for the longest time, and they got rid of him. And then TNA gave him a fresh gimmick and a fresh look and a fresh direction, and and made him a big star. Um. So um. So yeah. Um. So yeah, we will see what he does. I think I think he's an interesting one for the rumble. I'm not sure if I if I am certain he will or won't be in, but yeah, uh, whatever he does, I'm sure he'll succeed at it. Um, so yeah, uh, let me see here. Uh, Rich Swan uh, has had the charges against him dropped in his uh, domestic battery uh, um, uh, incident. So I guess he's back to work now. I mean, I I don't guess he is back to work now. Uh, that's the WWE policy, so yeah, I don't know necessarily um, what kind of push he, he can expect. I mean, he was already not doing a whole lot, not doing a whole bunch as it was, but um, I feel like if you get those charges dropped against you, you going back to work is like purely a technicality. I'm sure WWE are a little bit shaken and aren't necessarily going to be rushing to give that guy a load of airtime uh, anytime soon. Mm. So, yeah, not much else to really say on that story. Um, I think we can move on there from the news into the Royal Rumble preview. We'll save the OTT one for the end. Get the folks who, who don't care about OTT can get their Rumble preview first. Uh, so, the card we have here. Interesting card. I think it actually looks all right on um, on, on paper here. It's going to be a four-hour mm. show, by the way. It's not a three-hour show. Here. Oh, oh. Jesus! What time is it starting? What time? Main show, not the the, the, pre-show. the pre-show's already started. Oh, the main Jesus show Christ. starts at midnight oh. and runs till four, but probably go longer than four. Sure, there no. are there are there are two Royal Rumble matches, a two out of three falls match, two world title matches, and another tag team title match, and that's not including the pre-show. Okay, well, I'm going to have to adjust that alarm I set for one a.m. Going to have to adjust mm-hmm. that midnight. That's great. For now. Uh, for now, by the time this fucking wake up an hour, okay? <laughs> talk about that's like I said, I was going to have a nap. That is quite literally just a nap. I'm not going to get any actual sleep. Uh, let me see here. So we're going to go through the card. It does look pretty good. So here are the matches. We're not talking about the pre-show, by the way. Uh, so for the uh, Raw Tag Team Championships, Jason Jordan and Seth Rollins versus The Bar. 
Um, I I like the Jason Jordan character. Funnily enough, it is a little Kurt Angle esque, the kind of dweeb mm. who reckons he's a baby face, but he's he's a bit of a knob. Um, but I just don't like the uh, strange bedfellows tag team. Um, I'm bored of it. I think we've talked about that a lot over the years. Um, but I think I think all four of these guys are, are talented, and I think Rollins excels in tag team matches. So that'll probably be good. Yeah. Um, uh, I. Maybe there's a title change here. Jordan and Rollins, by the way, for those of you who don't watch Raw, they're the they're champions. Um, mm. Maybe the bar wins and Jordan goes full on with the heel turn at long last and uh, sets the wheels in motion for whatever his mania match is. Now that I think about it, it really doesn't seem like the Shield are going to have a match uh, as a team at Mania. Reigns is probably facing Brock. I could, Possibly, could that be Rollins' uh, Mania match? Maybe. I feel kind of bad for him if it is. I mean, God bless Jason Jordan, but that's a bit of a it's a bit of a step down from the Triple H match, which was shit. <laughs> It'd probably be ten times better, man. It'd probably be a ho- yeah. You know what though? Yeah, I would happily slide down the card if it meant I had more to work with. That match will probably be mm. great, all things considered. You're working Triple uh, H. Yeah. That is the main event. That is the main event. You're working Jason Jordan. That is the main event of the pre-show. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, James, I mean, Jordan's, Jordan's good, you know, and I think they've made the most of this thing of, of fans just not getting into him. They've, they've, they've relished it well, and they've done a good job. And at the bar, are great. Um, it's kind of, I think, since, since that team came to be, I really feel like, at, at long last, I feel like Cesaro has a place in this company, if you know what I mean. I know, obviously, mm. there's going to be certain people who just want him to be pushed to the moon, but, like, you kind of have to accept that's, like, never going to happen. I feel like he's got a really great team here he's getting lots of airtime he's getting some title wins he's having great matches you know Sheamus again same thing I feel like he's got it this is a good role for him after being a weird kind of up and down sometimes main eventer um you know it's, a, it's an all right spot uh let me see here sticking with tag championships we have uh Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin versus the Usos in a two out of three falls match, I think that may just steal the whole show. Well, they had a singles match on SmackDown last week, uh, Gable against one of the Usos, and it was great. So I'm very excited for this. Chad Gable yeah. in particular put on a hell of a show. Yeah, he's, he's tremendous. Uh, Jordan and Gable, when they were still a team, they always had great stuff with the Usos. The Usos are just on fire lately. And uh, Benjamin, I, again, I don't watch SmackDown most weeks, but every time I do, like Gable and Benjamin, that's a great team. Benjamin's doing some of his best work in God knows how long. Um, yeah, that's going to be great. I hope, just because of the two rumbles and all that other stuff, I hope they don't maybe get shortchanged on time and, and you know do that shit where it's like two quick falls and then the third falls like an actual match. Mm. Um, uh, but yeah, two super talented teams, um, and I wonder if they maybe put the belts on Gable and Benjamin here, um, just to uh, you know change things up, keep things fresh. Um, yeah, that should be tremendous. Now, whoo boy, in the SmackDown Championship match, uh, WWE Championship rather, AJ Styles defends the title. Against Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens in a handicap match, not a three-way. Um, this mm. the, the the Shane uh, Owens Sami stuff. I liked it at, early on, 
because uh, I thought Sammy was great as a heel and Kevin Owens is great, but I quickly lost interest, and that was kind of one of the many things that kind of stopped me from watching SmackDown. I was like, I, I don't really care about the Brian, Shane, Sammy, Kevin, melodrama. Um, I, I don't know that I really care about this match at all. It's, well, yeah, I don't know how it can be a good match with the handicap stipulation. Um, maybe they'll they'll find a way, but yeah, weird one. I'd rather they just did a really good singles match. Yeah, uh, I didn't watch it, but I heard some pretty bad things about like that tag match they did last month with the uh, Shane and Brian were the ref, mm. and it was uh, Owens and Zayn versus Orton and Nakamura, and it was just apparently it was just bullshit left, right, and center, and you know. Yeah, so I, I don't know. It seems like it's, I don't think they're making the most of these extremely talented uh, three men here. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, so that's that match. On the Raw side, then, um, let me see here. Oh, God. You got Braun Strowman and Kane challenging Brock Lesnar in a triple threat match for the United uh, Universal <sighs> title, rather. Well, sure, that'll only go four uh, minutes. Yeah, and I'm wondering if, like, maybe this will be good because it's a three-way and they can cover everyone's shortcomings. It's like, Braun had, like, the weakest um, Brock match in recent memory, um, save for, like, the Ambrose match, like, three years ago. Um, I don't know if Kane and Brock have ever had a singles match, but I I have no desire to see to see it. Um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I'm hoping this is just Brock throwing two people around. Uh, maybe maybe him and Braun can make good for that rough singles match, and then Kane just takes the pin. Uh, this could be okay, but I have very low expectations. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. Lesnar doesn't really try much these days. So I'll give him... What was the last match he had that people like? The AJ match was great. Yeah, well, AJ did a hell of a job with him. Um... Maybe mm-hmm. SummerSlam last year, maybe. Yeah, they had that five way. Was it four yeah. way five? It was. It was five. I think. I think you're right. Anyway, come on, let's get through this card. We're running long here. Okay, we're running long here. So we got the women's Royal Rumble match. Uh, the the whole the whole roster is in it, um, except for the champions, I believe. Um, in fact, I think they made a point this week on SmackDown to have Charlotte say she's not in there. Uh, so everyone, bar Charlotte and Alexa, are in this. And uh, they got plenty of room for surprises. Uh, you know, Kelly Kelly's in town and uh, a lot of other people like that. Uh, right. Stephanie McMahon will be on commentary. Uh, the, <laughs> one, the one Royal Rumble bet I've placed this year is Stephanie to enter at 30. That's my one bet. Oh, gosh. Um, I think she'll definitely be in there. Now, whether she's in there at 30, I don't know. I, I wish they had other options. If they had an option purely for Stephanie will be in the match, I would have done that. Because I think what's po- if, if Rousey is in this match, I think Stephanie entering at like 28 and then Ronda coming out is the more mm-hmm. likely option. But uh, yeah, lots of um, lots of uh, toing and froing about this. People seem certain for a while that Rousey would be involved. Now, she's saying that she's filming whatever movie she's filming at the moment. Uh, posting Instagrams and stuff from that place. Uh, some people, someone pointed out earlier in the day that a makeup artist working on that movie posted a picture with Rousey 
Maybe that's all done on purpose. Maybe they're all in on the bit. Maybe she uh, asked. Uh, so work. Uh, maybe it is. I don't know. I mean, like, uh, if, if she's only doing the Rumble and Mania, and maybe one or few Raws before Mania, I think they could. She could take the time off and just ask the people because that movie she's working on is it is filming currently. I mean, it, that is a real thing. So, um, so yeah, no one seems certain if she's there or not. But uh, what do you lads think, in or not? It's 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 the day of. I'm gonna ask you to make. Um, is Ronda in the Rumble? No. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, is Ronda in the Rumble? Yeah, and I don't I don't think so. No, okay, oh. no. Fair enough. Um, so uh, I'll say I'm gonna say no as well. I'm gonna say no as well. Do you think uh, there will be a man in the in the women's Royal Rumble? <laughs> I don't know because there have been, uh, there have been women in the man's Rumble in the past. Oh yeah, so where's the equality, huh? China and Karma and Beth Phoenix. Beth Phoenix. Yeah, where here? There's yeah. the receipts right there. Anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, interesting match. Uh, who do you think is winning? I mean, Oscar's the, um, the obvious pick, isn't it? I think I said Sasha Banks, but I think that would be wrong. <laughs> don't know why I said that. Um, yeah, they. I mean, they have had Asuka lose Battle Royals before. Yeah, Carmella uh, won that one. I remember I saw it. Yeah. So uh, I think either Asuka or Becky Lynch are most likely to win. Mm. Um, I, I do think Stephanie will be in the match. I also think she is a dark horse to win. Uh, um, no, come on. Yeah, why not? Why not? I think they could do that. Um, no. But uh, yeah, so that's that. Um, it'll be interesting. I hope the match is good. Um, you know, like uh, looking at some of the people who are in it, uh, I think there'll be problems. Like you're all, you're going to have a lot of wet fart entrances, like when, like those the like the um, like Sarah Logan, you know, like Andy Rose. The, both, both those trios, I think, are not. Not mega stars to the point that I think they're not going to get popped when they come out. N- Natalia, Tamina, you know the 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 kind of the dregs of the of the roster. Layla. Oh, she should win. How old is she now? About fifty. <laughs> no, <laughs> come on. She was fifty when she was there. How? <laughs> How? Listen here. Listen. I hope she's in it, and I hope I hope she looks better than your faves, whoever they are. No, she's only forty. She's only forty. Yeah, well, only 40. have some respect for an older lady. <laughs> one retreat is one respect for Layla. <laughs> um, oh yeah. Any other surprises you think? I think we'll get a leader running. Young, Mary Young's still alive. From me. <laughs> no, I Mary Young is dead. I'm afraid. Mary Young's dead. Thank and, God for that. And Moolah. What, you think Mae Young was going to take an over-the-top rope bump? Yeah. She, um, she would have turned or, to dust. Yeah, or do a two ta- Royal Rumble 2000 and just get her boobers out and be disqualified. <laughs> I don't think that would be a disqualification. And, and get banned from Channel 4 again. Although, if she was tossed over the rope, they, maybe they would have a, an exception to the rule where both um, saggy breasts <laughs> must, must touch the floor. <laughs> Mate, they'd already be touching the floor from the ring. So, or maybe she'd do a Kofi Kingston type job where she'd like, walk around on the floor. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I'm glad we're uh, commemorating the first ever women's Royal rumble with a <laughs> appropriate discussion of an old, isn't as all demeaning to women. Old dead woman talk. 
god. Anyway, uh, should be good. You you, you a, brought them up. You brought up the bosoms. Not me. We have a breaking. We have breaking news here, lads. Oh. Uh-oh. Uh, the winner of both Royal Rumbles will get their choice of champion at WrestleMania. So not not just whoever's champion on your brand. Mm. So someone someone might do a Benoit, i.e. Uh, murder their family. No, I'm talking. Oh. I, I, quite, right. I quite like that, in fairness. I quite like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Murdering the family. <laughs> God! This is some end to this show. This is what happens when we go over two hours. <laughs> As we get past the two-hour mark, it's just all better all right. off. All right, men. Let's talk about men. Let's talk about men. Men, men, men. <laughs> Manly men, 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 men. Okay, uh, so the men's Royal Rumble, all the usual suspects are in there. You know, every, you know, pretty much everyone you'd expect. John Cena is in there. Roman Reigns, Randy Orton, all the Elias, all the lads, the winner, all <laughs> the lads. Uh, what's interesting is there are just seventeen men announced for this match. Well, I, can't, I counted eighteen. Because they announced um, Roman Reigns was the last one yesterday. Uh, so. I think the two top picks here, there's been a weird amount of talk, and he has decent odds in the bookmakers, of Dolph Ziggler winning this. That would be so weird. That would be So the last thing he did was he, he, ba- he, he dropped the title. Quit, yeah, he quit on SmackDown, threw the US title down, and left. Which, to be fair, it does seem like something they would do to set him up to come in and get, like, it, by weird, stupid WWE logic, it would make sense that he would come back and then just win and, and, you know, do that. But I feel like the ship has so thoroughly sailed and so long ago sailed on, on Ziggler. But there you go. Uh, the, other, the obvious picks would be Nakamura, who could face Styles, or Roman Reigns, who could face Brock. I don't know that there's any other mega compelling options. Um, mm. And um, I also, I don't, I don't really know who the surprises could be for this. Jericho, I think, is a, is an obvious pick. He's in the States, obviously. He was on Raw 25. Um, mm. He likes to do his Rumble cameos. Uh, I mean, basically, I mean, lots of people from that Raw 25 show could be could be in this. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Who to, I don't expect too many debuts or, or anyone jumping ship or anything like that. Um, so yeah, I don't. I, I'm more interested in the women's match. I think there's more variables like Stephanie and Ronda and all that other stuff. The men's mm-hmm. match just kind of seems like it'll it'll probably be okay as a match, but I'm not, I'm not expecting any huge surprises. Mm. So yeah, um, any any final notes you two wanted to make there for um, uh, uh, surprises or uh, uh, winners or anything like that? No, um, I just want to yeah. let, let it happen. I'm gonna go watch it in a couple of hours and. No sweets, but I'll take it all in. The rest thing will be the sweets. Oh, yeah. Alrighty. Uh, so do we want to skip the OTT preview because we're running late here? or Yeah, a few uh, British Strong Style aren't going to be on it because they have uh, quote-unquote travel issues a week out in advance. So what I assume that means is they're going to be on NXT, the NXT tapings over next week or so. They won't be able to make it. Fair Maybe, enough. Yeah. Um... Don Marnell, Don Marnell is apparently also done with OTT. Uh, yeah, I, that I, was weird. I don't know what the I story believe, is there. I believe he's moving to Australia. <laughs> I've seen on his Twitter lots of mention about it. So, 
Uh, it'd be good. Uh, be sad. Who do you think? I kind of, I, I kind of softened up on him a little bit lately. I, I thought he was pretty good in his role. Yeah, uh, I think so. What? So, do you think they're just going to stay comforting in the, in commentary now? No, they'll get. They'll find someone else. They'll find someone oh else. God! I, I mean, I dread to think who else they could get. But well, they could uh, get. They get that. L- LJ Cleary lad, based on the strength of his promo at the last show, he could go up and do the do the commentary. Oh God, you are just you are just. <laughs> God, he Paul doesn't like the old LJ. I'm very mean. Um, I'm very mean. No, I I would have liked to see him wrestle, but um, um so, I don't know. I think they'll get someone else. Someone else go up to do it. Get one of the wrestlers. Fuck it. Do like yeah, do, I would, do like PWG. Just that yeah. I would actually I would actually really like that. So you have Angus as the as the Excalibur. And you can just revolve, you know, be cool, Angel Cruz, maybe Devlin, get Devlin out there calling a match or two, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't be opposed to any of that. That'd be all right. Um, uh, so it does look like a good uh, card, though. I must say, I'm, I'm looking, look, very much looking forward to it. Uh, uh, also, uh, uh, Bubblegum taken off because he's a bad. Apparently, um, I don't know if that's confirmed, but he's certainly they they changed the match that he was supposed to be having. I think he was supposed to be against Haskins originally. Yeah, so they who did they put in, who did they put in place of Haskins in or in uh, case of Adam Brooks? Oh, Adam Brooks, yes, who is a uh, one of the top Aussie um, talents at the yeah. moment. I think he recently started at PWG. Also, was meant to be Tyler Bay against Zack Saber Junior. Travis Banks now taking his spot, and Pete Dunne against Ryan Smile is now Trent Seven against Ryan Smile, which is a pretty good replacement. Uh, yeah, I, I like Trent Seven. The um, uh, Zack Sabre Jr. versus um, uh, Travis Banks. I mean, that's that's a downgrade. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm not going either way. But I would have loved to have seen Tyler versus Zach. But and I, I like Travis. But that's a that's what a downgrade. Can you do? What can you do? Um, yeah. To be, to be fair to OTT, they've they they did as best they can on short notice. They always more more often than not they do really well in these circumstances. So. Um, so fair play to them for putting together the, the, as best a card as they could. They also announced the next few runner shows. You have Outer Space Odyssey 4, which will also be at the arena on Shore Road. Um, yeah. Tickets for that go on sale on Monday. I'm probably going to give that one a miss. Um, nothing, no, no one on the card really screamed, aside from Pete Dunne, who's like obviously the best person there. Nothing, sc- nothing screams. It. Well, I've seen Dave Sarah against Jordan Devlin. It's not going to get much better than that. Well, but he's a really excellent wrestler. You might see him against someone else great. Yeah, but I, I want to see kind of how the first Sure Road experience goes before I would commit to okay. an, dropping another 35 euro on a ticket for a group. Yeah, list, uh, so. they, um, they, yeah, they had, a, they had a, a good announcement for that. Pete Dunne, David Starr, Aussie Open, um, and, uh, uh, you know, some, some other good names. So that's, that's in Sure Road at the beginning of match. Then they announced... Um, a double header for March thirty first and April first. Yeah, the uh, Martinez Gaff party three, and uh, with no, yeah, no, no announced talent for the Gaff party show, uh, but Defiant then April first in the Tivoli. That is the all women's show, and I'm a little disappointed because obviously I'm not going to OTT lately, as discussed on the show previously. But when they announced the all women's show, I was like, okay, that I, I might go to that just to kind of support it because it's it's we've i mean we've been critical of the women's uh title use on this show quite a bit and i was like okay i want to prove to ott that like i'll pay a ticket and i'll go and i'll watch the show if you fly in some women and make an effort with the division of course they do the show on a sunday when i i couldn't conceivably go and and you know work the next day and i don't want to take time off work but 
I have to say they've they've put together a cracking little roster um, for that for that women's show. Um, they announced Martina, Katie Harvey, Ginny, Charlie Morgan, who's kind of one of the up and comers in the UK, Jordan Grace, who is among the best and most kind of buzzworthy female wrestlers in the US. Um, what was the surname of of uh, they've got one Japanese star coming along, uh, Dash. I can't, I don't remember her surname, um, but I know she's obviously got quite a lot of buzz. People seemed really excited uh, uh, when she was announced. I'm going to pull up the poster here. Uh, Dash Chisako. There you go. That tells you. That tells you how up on my like Japanese women's wrestling I am. I'm. I. I wouldn't be the the uh, authority on that. Uh, Chris Wolf coming back, who obviously we saw before, who was great, mm-hmm. yeah. and. Uh, Nina, Nina Samuels, who obviously had, had been in before as well. So a solid, I thought. I think that's a really solid collection of names. Um, I would imagine there's more to be announced as well, maybe some locals. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty good collection of names there. Uh, are you going to go to that one, do you think? Uh, I don't think I can logistically make it for two shows in a row. <laughs> so if I'm going to go to the Martinez Gaff party one, I don't know financially if it'll make sense to also go to the Defiant one the night after. But uh, yeah, definitely kudos yeah. to them for doing it. Um, I wish that they were a little bit more committed to the women's matches throughout the year. Because um, of course, at the homecoming show, it's Martina against Chuck Taylor, Be Cool, and Aja Cruz in a four-way. Again, there's no women's Jeez. title match again. But yeah what can you do yeah we uh, we, we we as we talked as we discussed kind of after the the december show kind of seems like the, the 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 big plan for 2018 is martina wrestling men that seems to be the the direction um but yeah but that women's kind of screen i hope it does well because like you and i both aren't going logistically because it's like a sunday and it's the day after what will probably be a big show with men and women uh, I hope it doesn't. I hope it's not. I don't hope. I hope it doesn't struggle. You know what I mean? Because mm. um, they do get a lot of people from outside Dublin going to these shows. I feel like I they should have not had it the night after another show. Then just have that be your your one month is you're doing the women's show. You know, maybe they would they have a little bit of cold feet about it that they were like, well, just in case we better have a, 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 a quote unquote normal show the night before. I feel like it kind of cannibalizes it a little bit, like without even giving it a chance to, to succeed on its own two feet. Mm. But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that is that is the uh, OTT sitch. So enjoy next week, obviously, Paul. I hope it's good. It looks like a great show on paper. It really does. Um, uh, I'm sure you're going to have a great time at it. Let me, and I'm very curious. I'm looking forward next week, as we said. I think we'll maybe record separately, do a little separate OTT review. Yeah. Um, and I, I am looking forward to picking your brain about the arena setup and the card and everything, because that's, um, as we discussed last week, obviously that um, uh, the Tivoli. I'm blessing myself as I as I speak right now. Uh, not long for this world. Um, I I hope they announce ahead of time. Hey everyone, this is the last Tivoli show because I will obviously want to be at that. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, yeah, no amount of so Didlin can keep Barry away from that last Tivoli show. No, 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 no. I can pay my respects to the building regardless of what goes on. There. <laughs> uh, that is that's a joke. There has never been anything out of that building, to my knowledge. Please let me be clear about that in case anyone takes that seriously. Uh, that is absolutely not why I don't go to OTT anymore. Just FYI. Um, so we'll be back next week with oh my god, busy week, Royal Rumble review, uh, more life golf, movie golf, game golf, all the golf that you love, all the effing best golf, um, and we will also have an OTT. Oh wait, no, 
Oh no, yeah, OTT review. Yeah, you'll 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 have been. I'll be back. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll have that a separate bonus show for for OTT fans. So there you go. So until then, it's going to be goodbye from me, Barry Murphy. It's going to be goodbye from Joe Towner. Goodbye. And it's going to be goodbye from Mr. Paul Griffin. Goodbye. <laughs>